Hey, thanks for stopping by the podcast, everyone. Did you know that we actually upload the audio files of this to your typical podcast platforms like Spotify or Google Podcasts and what have you? So if you just want the audio of this, you can go over there and subscribe to that. And did you also know that we just kind of soft launched some basic merch over on our Stream Element store? So if you want to buy some Control Chaos inspired stuff, I'll link that in the description of this video. I'll let you get back to it. Peace. Um, Let's jam. Podcast time! Oh, <laughs> Lord. This is hour six of me sitting in front of a microphone. Uh, how about you guys? Dang. Uh, I'm just fine. Well, to be fair, well, to be fair, this is going to be like our fourth fourth hour in PC after spending like three hours watching a Doctor Doctor Who story. Oh. But we at least had time to rest and relax. I I, I, apolo I apologize to Party Jams and Tyler for making you um, suffer through that. That's fine. I'm guessing it was a bad episode. Line. It was an important. No, no, it was just long. It it was important but long. Ah. Well, that's a lot of Doctor Who, from what I've heard. I should, I should. I'm a, I'm a sci-fi person. I should sit down and watch more than like the ninth and tenth Doctor. It's just that old Doctor Who is just, it's just rough. Well, yeah, my my idea is that um if you just can't get into like the overlong stories i would say start with the third doctor because that is a gen uh, that is like basically a soft reset for the series i'll i'll try also, you could always just watch later of the modern ones because i promise like the 12th is quite good and underrated in my opinion i i, I started with the ninth when i lived with red um and we s sat down with brit box and tried to get into it and there was some good stuff in there it was like good old-fashioned cheese but um that's doctor who in general really but like it just was one of those things where like i i feel like it's like star trek in a way where you gotta just sit down and power through the shit to get to the good ones um well that's the thing that's the thing we're we're, we're skipping over the we're skipping over the um bad ones like the next uh, next two are well, the next one is filler, and then the one after that is just not very good. The one, but the one after that is one of my personal favorites. Give me Doctor Who Kai. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, give me Doctor Who Kai now. Like uh, that. That's like the way you could get me into Doctor Who is if you like Dragon Ball Z Kai'd it. Take all the filler, all the bullshit, all the terrible parts out of it, and then oh, okay. condensed it down. I will try. I will try my best to find a way to condense it down. Give me like a twenty-five hour edited series, Luke. <laughs> oh God, that will be that's impossible. That 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 is that is legitimately impossible with uh, with. Oh no, it's the same with like One Piece. Like, there's no way you can Kai One Piece really. Um, but th that's not why we're here. Uh, Doctor Who's not why we're here. Um, no, no, no. We're we're talking about wasted potential and all sorts of like very good topics today, and mm -hmm. I I've, I really feel like we have one more recent uh, wasted potential story that we've probably talked about a lot, and it's Time Paradox Ghost Rider. Oh yeah, yeah. Like this was one that I was not. Um, so just to give context to people, like basically got a lot of um, categories here, but it's going to boil down to. What we think is overpraised for one story aspect, characters with wasted potential, and 
or store or plot plot points with race potential and what we would have done differently and also things we wish were revisited so, so that's you, kind of like yeah. yeah go ahead so like you've pitched this before to me and it makes a lot of sense for like time paradox goes right if they would have just taken the plagiarism aspect out of it it would have done better you yeah. know if they would just, you know, made it like he's a ghostwriter for a deceased manga, like a mangaka, like you, you're just there writing the rest of their story, like a high school of the dead situation, right? Like a lot of people yeah. want that story to continue. But also, but also as well, the actual deceased ghostwriter, go deceased writer, comes back as a ghost, so he's literally a writer for a ghost, right? And he's just kind of telling. The the rest of their story like that that's a way they could have salvaged the series and it would have also, lasted more than 30 some chapters yeah and it and it could have come and it could have uh, and it could have been revealed like he could have been like gone to the parents and be like uh he could have known the girl that's the thing he could have been related to the girl as well that um and the, the parents could have been asked like hey you're a mangaka you're, you're struggling help us get our daughter's story published that never got a chance to be published Right, I need to move this nut button before I'm slapping it all day. Red yeah, but also, too many toys around. Also, as well, I would have looked because uh, then it could have been like a situation where they're arguing continuously about where to go with the story. Mm-hmm. No, one hundred percent. Like there, there's so much. There's so many angles they could have taken the story, and it's one I really wish would have continued. Phantom here is another one, but like it was a good enough conclusion to the story that it didn't really feel overly unfulfilled like it, there was still some plot threads hanging on there but it, it's a satisfying ending overall yeah. um uh, what because the, there's like a lot of theories about what happened with fantasy what do you guys think was the main issue because i think my thing was that the author and artist had a were like wanted to do it but Shuesh was like uh nope this is too much for even for us I don't think there's any such thing as too much for uh, Shueisha anymore. Like, they have so many different magazines going on. They could have easily moved it to another magazine. If they're like, this is too dark for this demographic. So let's move it over to Jump Plus. Because we've seen it. Like, they have moved Ayakashi Triangle. Oh, yeah. uh, so there's like there's not a too much after that whole fiasco there, in my opinion, anyway. I think what it was doing was it was dipping too much into Jujutsu Kaisen near the anime. And they wanted okay. to see that be their baby series, and the it just unfortunately was a casualty of like we want this series to be bigger, so we're going to end this one. And there could have been some like infighting with the publisher themselves, like hey, we want to do this, no, we we can't let you do this, um, in the main magazine. But they wanted the most sales possible. There could have been a lot of aspects to that, but it's still. Yeah. It still got an ending, so to speak. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whereas Time Paradox Ghost Rider, it was universally panned because of the the whole, like, fucking plagiarism aspect of things. And they Japan's very keen on, like, no plagiarism. Where over here we have our chat GPT writing our essays now. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, how, how much do you want to bet that some manga is going to... Uh, try to attempt something like that, like uh, get an AI, get an AI to write their story. I kind of want to do it as a social experiment. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I do I do not like uh, legitimately. Um, right, speak uh, just speaking from personal experience here. Well, not personal, just something that I saw. But uh, 
somebody was actually caught out um, using an AI to publish their their story on Amazon, and they got their account deleted, and they tried to make a half-hearted apology, saying like, "Oh, I I can't write the story. I can come up with the idea, but I just can't write it." And I'm just and I was just there, like seeing that, and just like. Well, you can have a lot of ideas in your head, but you can not know how to execute them properly. That's something I come up with a lot with, like, just coming up with content ideas. Um, yeah. I get, I get, I get that, I get that aspect, but it's just like uh, it was just their attitude, like their mm-hmm. attitude of like, I want to write this story, I want to write this world, want to put it down on paper, I just can't do that. I'm like, can't right. or you won't. Yeah, you're you're right on that aspect of it, right? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with you know, that becoming super prevalent. I was talking with Red in the stream, like there was a um, AI that is being used to detect AI writing, which is inherently funny because you have that bias of machine over human there. Whereas, like, a human can be like, hey, that's a little too concise for this particular person, where the AI is like, that looks good to me. That yeah. that, that that's a, definitely wasn't one of us. Exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I just find it funny. I, I, I find the era we're in fascinating with that. Because, on one hand, like, AI, horrible. Horrible for the arts. But on the other hand, like, the... The techie in me finds it fascinating. <laughs> oh yeah, it is fascinating, but like, it it just be it's turning it like he like he said in the stream. It's basically turning into Wally. It is like it, it's it's funny because like this is this is my degree field like cybersecurity. Having an AI to run like all my servers would be fucking hilariously simple. Like deploy it, boom, it's there as my fucking wall garden. But at the same time. Like, it, getting it to write your your story or draw your manga or do your art, it's, like, horrible for that. I, I feel like in five years we'll have manga tackling this very subject. Yeah, definitely. Because we, we, we tend to see the trends inside of our arts. So, like, recently we had Cypher Academy tackling shit like the Crypto Boom. Um... But horribly executed. We've talked about that at least. Yeah, I tried reading it because I figured, like, oh, this this might be good. It's like a bit like Death Note, Death Note aspect yeah. of just figuring out puzzles and everything. But it turned into pretty much what um, what um, Super Smartphone was. Right. <laughs> yeah, which. Um, that leads into my super smartphone had such a good concept, but was just absolutely wasted, mm. in my honest opinion. I don't know about you, Pie Chams. Yeah, so I guess number one, going back to Time Paradox Ghostwriter, I would like to point out that while your premise is great, it kind of eliminates the time travel aspect of the story, which I think is another thing the author wanted, but is probably what is the fundamental issue with that series because when you have time travel, things get very tricky. Yeah. Very quickly. Oh, and, in the uh, words of some call me Johnny, time travel is bullshit. <laughs> yep. It is very much is. And that's why stories should have probably avoided at least until the very end. <laughs> uh, anyway, but I will 
also say for Cypher Academy, um, I think the all the thick with crypto and whatnot, like right now that's like less of the focus and it's more on the focus of deciphering codes and attempting to stop war. Like weirdly, the whole like whole fortune buried in the school uh, has not been the focus for a bit. It's just been the competitions among puzzling. And when the series focuses on that, it's still not that great because the puzzles make no sense. But the characters are really fun to watch. I was actually talking in a different Discord server about that with some people who are fans of Cypher. And, like, we kind of agree that what's good about the series is that the characters themselves are very fun to watch and that the story itself is told in a different way because this um, mangaka is, like, experienced with light novels. So there's, like, a much grander narrative being told. Uh, and I will agree that there are aspects to it that are good, but I wouldn't be surprised if among the newer batch this is the one that gets axed uh, because it's just... It's almost too much nonsense for it to really be a story. Yeah, and speaking of that, we've um, uh, we actually got the um, uh, volume rankings out for February, and surprisingly, um, something that I wasn't expecting. I mean, I knew it would rank low, but I didn't. Uh, but it ranked higher than I actually initially thought it would. Um, Tokyo Bride. Um, Tokyo Bride. Tokyo the, Demon the, Bride. The, the, Tokyo Demon Bride. It ranked higher than that um, Ginkgo Gina, I think it's called. Ginkgo Gluna. And Gluna. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's surprising. But I think both are honestly very close to being axed. Yeah. Having picked up with both. Yeah. And I've kept up with um, Tokyo Demon Bride. And I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. But I just feel like it's just throwing every harm, harm cliche at the wall to see what sticks. Which is a waste. Uh, which I would say is wasted potential because the main girl herself um, could be uh, could be um, uh, very very fun, very likable if they just focused focused on her and maybe one other girl, and that and that's it. And that's it because uh, a lot of people are uh, are like uh, are like craving Ruby Dragon, and we've got another girl here in in a manga with a, that's uh, harem suit. That's a he- that's the heroine that has horns on her head. It's like have her for now. We need her for now. No, honestly, right? But I, yeah, I, I was just. But I don't think I don't think she alone can um can can carry the sit can carry the series, which is a major which is a major disappointment for me because I do really like her character and her her design is pretty cute. And that's another thing that we'll probably that we need to talk about, like um, series series that are only um, only good because of one aspect, which was something we um, me, me and me and you talked about, Fex, with Hunter Hunter. Oh boy! And so sorry to sorry to uh, sorry to all the Hunter Hunter fans out there. Oh. What about me, right here? <laughs> sorry, Pie Jones, but yeah, right here. Yeah, sorry, Pie Jams, and sorry, um, um, Tyler, but you have to admit, like, um, when people talk about like the, the how good the Chimera Antark is in Hunter Hunter, it's really just the latter half that they that they talk about. I mean, that's just like one specific arc. You're talking about the whole series. <laughs> yeah, it, that definitely is the thing that people use as the linchpin for that series. So I do kind of agree with them there, like. 
having one bomb arc, like one really good fucking arc, should not make a series a top 10. You need to have consistency. And Hunter Hunter, I do feel, has more okay to good arcs than it has fantastic arcs and even now like the dark continent shit is good but it doesn't carry an entire story like you you have good pieces there throughout everything but it's not enough to make it an immediate 10 out of 10 in my opinion but it's treated like it's the pinnacle of story writing and it's really not and uh, Killero is treated as the pinnacle of uh, of uh, characters, when I'm uh, when I'm just like, he's a good he, character, but he's, he's not. Character, but he's not. I mean, he's badass. I will. I will say that he's badass. But not he's taking not a... knuckle. What? Nothing. He's uh, not knuckle. He was bringing another character. All oh, right, he's not knuckle. Yeah, not knuckle. Knuckle is a million times better than um, than um, Killero for one fact. Animals love him. Yeah, I I don't know. I like Shizuka, but I I also I also like the the mommy look she's got going on. But uh, that says more about me as a like person. That says more about me as a person than it does me as like anything else. Um, but I I, I do agree. Like it, it is definitely a series that's carried by one phenomenal arc, and I I hate to say, it, but so is fucking Dragon Ball Z, people. Like, the Majin Buu saga or the Cell saga are the two that you hear people talk about. Like, one is, like, the peak of it, and then everything else is dog shit to them. But, and then Super, same way. People talk about the Tournament of Power. They don't talk about anything else in Dragon Ball Super. But it's still, like, one of the most popular franchises on the planet, you know? So, like, you have those. But for me, it's fucking Naruto. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but Naruto is not a good series. Yeah, and for me, after uh, after um, pushing myself to kind of um, uh, watch a little bit of it, I'm sorry, I just don't like Demon Slayer. I think it's just so generic. It's starter pack. I can get that. Pardon? I disagree, but I can understand where you're coming from. I feel like my main issue with it is that we're supposed to feel sorry for um, uh, for um, Tanjiro for losing his family, but here's the thing. What do we know about the family? And I know this is kind of hypocritical for me being a Mission Yosakura fan. (laughs) But you at least know the legacy. We know more. You know more. Like it's <sighs> Demon Slayer. I get is a lot of people starter pack. You know, I Dragon Ball was mine. Like, so I still have attachment to the Dragon Ball franchise. But I I can objectively sit down and say that it's not a well written story. And a lot of people don't want to come to terms with the fact that Demon Slayer is just a basic hero's journey slapped with some pretty animation. Yep. Um. Yep. Slap with pre animation that's literally like people call episode 19 of Demon Slayer like this is 10 out of 10 best anime episode ever. No contest. Well, if your name is Tyler Blevins, then yes, I would. I I was just there watching the episode thinking, like, okay, when are we getting to the good bit? When are we getting to the good bit? When are we getting to the good? Oh, two minutes. Wait, two minutes. 
Is that it? Mm-hmm. Like now, I will say, regardless of anything, um, the opening to the um, uh, the um, Red District Entertainment Arc um, anime opening is a killer opening. I will give Demon Slayer that. It has a great soundtrack, but so does Black Clover. And the anime Black Clover was kind of mid. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, like, I, I, I can't say anything because I have the guilty pleasure anime of fucking Sword Art Online. So, my opinion here is completely invalid on what's good in quality uh, to the internet anyway. <laughs> well, we all have our guilty pleasures. I'm looking at my reframed art across from me right now because I'm sitting, like, lounged. Uh, you'll see the promo tweet later when I vlog in. But, like, I'm I'm reclined in my chair with the mic sitting on, like, my vocal mic stand right now because we, you were using it for the stream. And I'm just looking at the reframed art and I see, like, Fire Emblem, Sailor Moon, Mewtwo, a ghost face print. And then down there in the bottom I have Dingy sitting on a piece of toast. <laughs> And does fucking, that toast up marmalade and jam on it? He's, he's kind of like freak. animatedly, you know, wishing shit uh, up like he's the fucking genie from Aladdin. And then right next to that, I have a signed print from Kobayashi. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, we all have our guilty pleasures in terms of anime and manga. I, I'll say, I'll say, no, I'll admit it. I'll hide my hand up. Mine is Promised Neverland. I've I've gone through the notions. I've come full circle, full circle sex effects, and yeah, it's not. Uh, it's you. Objectively, if I had to be forced to pick, I would pick Doctor Stone <laughs> over over Promised Neverland any day of the week. If I had to objectively pick, put um, say, so... what series can you not live without? Right, the, right. Out of these two, um. So but, I, I'm coming to terms with something else. Like, I have a lot of manga that I know I'm never going to read again. So, like, I was going through some of mine, and I'm like, what can I list uh, to just sell? as like, Because I have completed sets of shit I know I'm never going to touch again, and I don't want to move them again. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, I could probably part with my Promise Neverland set and be perfectly That's fine. That's fine. Um, um, just, but yeah. yeah. To go, decrease go the clutter, you know, like, but yeah. I don't know. Like it's, I have like a pending listing up on like Facebook marketplace of like promise Neverland and a couple of other retired series that I'm just like, there's a bunch of volumes here that somebody can start their collection with if they want to get into it. And I'd be like, yeah, those are, those are good ones. I still, I still plan on finishing my Naruto set. Cause I've never, I do want that because I do have attachment to that franchise. I don't really have attachment to Promise Neverland, regardless if I reviewed it for the better part of the series. I don't really have attachment to it as a series. Uh, and that's fine. And that's fine. I, f uh, I feel like looking back, my, uh, like, not just the ending of, Prom of Promise Neverland, because that, that could have been improved just by one little aspect, and I've mentioned it before, uh, so I'm not going to repeat myself. Uh, but Again, it's like what you it's like what you got you and Red pointed out all those times. It's like there was too many characters. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. And I hate that for that series because it had a lot of promise, but like it is ironic uh, uh, pun it pun pretty much intended. 
but it it had one major flaw other than that it was it was set up to be this mystery right this intriguing death note-esque style series in that first arc like what's going on and you got little bits of it throughout but you didn't ever really fully explore like the alien culture uh you didn't really explore like any of the the demons um you know you didn't explore any of that shit like yeah and i really i really honestly um wish that there was more like that like that one character that was raised by raised by a demon um uh because because they both have a, they both had a disfigurement and i really thought they would do more like that like some of the demons are like actually we don't we 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 we've grown a cinema attachment to to this to this human we want to raise them in our culture or vice versa like some remember that um, one chapter we spent inside of a demon village yeah i um and i really wish there was like more to that like right um, we could have learned about like the culture their lifestyles we could have done learned so much more to have had some sort of attachment to the enemies in the series yeah um uh, yeah, um, or maybe we like certain like we had more of a um, mix of cultures. So like, even though, even though like, oh, demons eating the humans to survive to survive uh, uh, to survive. Like, hey, that doesn't mean all we we all of us have to be that way. We can we can all we can all try to have some sort of peace and harmony. Hey, like there's there there's so much waste of potential on that series alone that saddens me because it was something that i really like at first like red said read up to this chapter but let me know your reaction at the end of the first right we had just come back from seeing i think it was fucking logan um and he's just like you need to read this because it's such a good story i started it like three or four days ago and I'm like, wow, this first chapter really hooked me. You know, this, the rose through the heart. And then, realistically, after that first arc, nothing was like that. The rest of the yeah. story. Oh yeah, um, and I will, I, I will admit, uh, as much as I love, love the promised Neverland, Ray should have died. One thousand percent, Ray should have died. When that, when that happened, because uh, this was round time, I was like reviewing the first arc until it got taken uh, until all the vid I had to take down all the videos because of copyright strikes. But mm -hmm. when when I saw when I saw that image, I was just like, spent two minutes just go just going around the place I was living in at the time, saying no, 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 Dude. no. Right? Like yes, that that <laughs> that hurts so bad. Like, yeah. seeing him not die hurt so fucking bad. Because he should have. He should have 100% died. Like, it would have been such a better story if yeah. he had died. And I know it's funny, you know, sitting here kind of arguing in favor of child murder, but or <laughs> child suicide in that case. Well, it was it, it, context, context. He was basically giving a middle finger to uh, to the higher ups, like, "No, I'm gonna go out the way I want to go out." Lighting myself on fire, possibly the most painful death possible, but I don't want uh, them to be able to use any any part of me. Yeah, but also as well, also as well, <laughs> one thing that I really wish they had. Um, really wish they had done or at least confirmed is you remember the um the guy who was locked up in the shelter that yeah they, that they found yeah 
I honestly thought it was going to be revealed that him and Isabella were brother and sister making him raise uncle because he literally looked, sounded, and acted like an older Ray. No, for sure. Like, I'm shocked that they didn't do that. But remember, that character doesn't exist, right? Oh, 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 uh, oh, um, oh, yeah, 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 he, he got Thanos snapped by, uh, uh, no, 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 let me do it properly, like, but imagine if, uh, imagine if he got Thanos snapped by a, uh, by a studio who just couldn't be bothered, um, giving us, um, the context that was in the anime. Oh, nah. you're talking about Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about Johnny, Hugo, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, uh, for for context, uh, uh, when I was first reading the Promised Neverland, I and I didn't know Hugo's name. I just called him Johnny because he looked like a Johnny. Yeah, he really well, did. I will, I will I will say, um, he had one of the better deaths in in the uh, in the series. He had a it's fulfilling just, death. I agree. He, he just it, he, it's just a shame that the guy that they that that he was trying to take out survived only to get killed. Again. <laughs> I'm sorry for raging then. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as well. Uh, but yeah, I feel like my, uh, what I would have done differently with Promised Neverland is, I mean, I would have still done everything up to um, uh, up to Goldie Pond um, and maybe up to Hugo, Hugo and Lucas's deaths. But after that, I would have done something completely different, showcase more of the demon culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have worked. I still stand by to this day that uh, Goldie Pond is one of the better arcs in the series. I I disagree, but I know he, that'll be an argument for like an hour and a half. <laughs> that will be an argument till 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 the uh, till the end of time because I, I, I hey at least we got a legitimate fight that's better than what that's better in some manga that are being published today. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> but again, but again, I can't. But again, that's me being a little bit hypocritical because I'm basing this whole arc on one on one aspect, the final right. fight. But oh, uh, Lewis was such a great character too. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and I was waiting for the moment because I knew he was going to come back because they showed all the bodies except for him. So I'm like, okay, he's definitely going to come back. And what does he do? Comes back just to be like, oh yeah, it's all a lie. This it's all a lie. My brother's innocent. This girl's this girl who I call I used to call Muchka in the series, um, Demon Jesus. That is that is legitimately what Demon I call Demon Jesus. Basically, what that's basically what it felt like. Like her blood was like this holy sacred figure. She's like, drink this blood, you'll be fine. Kind of like it's the blood of Christ. Eat the flesh, <laughs> not the children, though. Ugh, but yeah, uh, <coughs> but yeah, um, and also like I said, the ending. I really think uh, Emma should have lost not just her memory of her family, but also the ability to see them. That would have been a nice little touch, but we'll never, we'll never get a Promise Neverland Brotherhood. So fuck it. No, I think so, that yeah. property's cursed at this point. Yeah. Um, what what I would say needs to be more praised, just to kind of veer off here, is I I respect the fuck out of the animators that said no, we don't want our names attached to this dog shit. 
you know. That I, is hilarious. That is a that is hilarious. That 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 was a thing. <laughs> like I respect the balls of the animators because they could potentially get blacklisted for that. You know, like the, not wanting to be associated with the art that you produce. Like that that's su- such a such a like lack of pride in your work thing that they could be seen as negative in their culture. But over here, like fuck yeah, let's base this fuck. Yeah. And uh, like I said before, I'm not going to be doing like a difference between the anime and manga for season two because I pretend that that season does not exist. And uh, I'm just like, there is no point in me. I'm just, I was just so it been, disappointed. It, no, 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 no. I kind of want that from you. But I, in the format of like the fall of Promise Neverland, like making one of those super clickbaity titles. I... I feel like that has been done to death. Like somebody's that I've seen a video that's already done that. Of where it's just like dissect. I I don't do AniTube. I don't. I I feel like there's a point where like you stop viewing the type of content that you create, and because I've been such a part of like creating AniTube shit for so long that I've just strayed away from that side of YouTube entirely. And now that I'm doing gaming content, I find myself like less inclined to even watch that so i'm watching the fucking video essays to where i'm like sitting down and like consuming like deep dives and shit like neuroscience and everything it's weird uh i don't know what the fuck my youtube algorithm is going to look like in five years at this point because it's (laughs) it's already cursed i got like 24 hour life feeds of like trail cams for my cats and just the most random video essays is my front page now (laughs) Does little Hades want to watch the birdies on the screen? Please don't kill the TV. <laughs> but also, please don't meow at the door while I'm streaming. <laughs> but yeah, um, let's get so, back on topic here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's get back on topic. Um, another one that I really wanted to talk about, like, gets <laughs> overpraised, but I'd, this this is something that I think Ann Ar- Arbor is. Um, been wait, waiting for me to mention Ruri Dragon. I I, I agree with you, right? Because there, it's six chapters right now, right? Yeah, I, I'm well, in the same ballpark as Ann Arbor. Like, I think it's one of the most wholesome things. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's a great series. But it's six chapters. It could shit the bed hardcore. Yeah, like I I and I did bring that up. Did bring that up to him. Like it could promise Neverland itself. <sighs> That was a hell of a nose. Yeah. Um, but I, I do, I do want to see, oh my God. Uh, I do want to see it succeed, right? Like, that's the thing oh, that yeah, I want to sure. see. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not, uh, I'm not um, dis- disavowing anything that's happened with it. I do enjoy the series, but I feel like overpraising it at this point um, when it's only six chapters i feel like okay yeah we need to take a step back and i feel like if the manga cut hadn't gone on hiatus it wouldn't have made as many for it would have sold as well as it did right no it's it, it's one of those things like it, the mysterious nature of the mangaka at this point kind of like the the factor of like will it continue or will this be like a short series kind of thing kind of boosted the sales i think we can all agree there um but i do think that there is enough potential there for it to be a a great series 
Oh yeah, I, definitely. I don't think it's going to be a very long. One though, I I think it's going to be one of those series where it's like maybe fifty chapters, sixty chapters, and then done. Because I don't think the mangaka was really up to task for making a weekly series, and they realized it very early on. Yeah, I, I really uh, like uh, like I mentioned to you before. Um, I really think there should be like a um, a trial session. Um, uh, for Shonen Jump, like you say, publish um, you say you publish the um, chapters on Jump Plus first, and if if you are handling it handling it well, and it's successful, you can get in the magazine. Then something along those lines, so that mm-hmm. they're not they're not having um, authors being like. Oh, I can be. Uh, I can. I can do. I can do this, and then when they actually do do it, they're like, uh, "Oh, uh, oh, actually, I can't do this." Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm trying to think. Of, like, there if there was a schedule that this author could make this a long series, but I, even then, I don't think it's going to be one of those. Because I believe the only other thing that the Ruby Dragon author did before this was like promotional art and stuff. Judging by their Twitter, like, it looks like they worked on a game, maybe. Yeah. Um, and maybe did, like, character designs and shit for that, and they wanted to try their hands at this. And from the looks of it, it looks like it's, like, a Genshin clone kind of game from the artwork. But I, I feel dirty calling anything a Genshin clone because, Jesus fucking Christ, gacha games have existed long before Genshin was a thing. But I, I, I don't foresee a schedule where this author could even commit to sitting down and making the series like a really long form thing because even like between their posts for like other shit they were inconsistent and their and their scheduling or whatever for that i don't know how much is lack of work for that kind of thing or how much was just like their own personal life and not wanting to put everything online like didn't want to be a chronically online person like we are um I'm trying to fix that, and it's very hard. Uh, <clears throat> uninstalling all your social media is a big help. <laughs> but anyway, like that, that's it's a hard one, right? Because I fucking love the series, but I do agree. It's it's very much one of those series where you just kind of have to realize that it's not, not necessarily going to be the next greatest thing, but it's a great deviation from what Shonen Jump has been here lately. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but of course Ann Arbor being Ann Arbor, if anyone Oh, he will he the... will sit down, he will stick his German foot down and he will just bark at the moon. Uh, yeah, anyone who's anyone who's seen the Yu-Gi-Oh progression series will know will know that Ann, Ann Arbor, Mr. Luck Devil, he always <laughs> likes to have his way. <laughs> Even to our detriment. Uh that's why we love him. Yeah. So, uh, how about you, Party Jams? Like, I know you've got a couple here. It was mostly just, like, letting you guys have this, because I know you had, like, a lot of the series prepped and still have more to go. So, I'm fine with waiting, but um, I did just want to say quickly, since uh, you guys did bring up Hunter Hunter, like, earlier in the discussion, that it I can see... If Chimera Ant is, like, what other people have told you is, like, what holds up the rest, I mean, I guess that's what happened. But 
to be honest with Hunter Hunter, the things that I always hear and agree with is that it has like one of the best power systems in anime, which Nen pretty much is. And oh, then uh, Heaven's Arena is like my personal favorite arc. It's not even Chimera. And it's also, I think, one of the best tournament arcs in anime, although Yu Yu Hakusho's made by the same author is apparently better, which um, I will be reading at some point. And then uh, on top of that, I will say that uh, York New, I think, is more commonly considered one of the best arcs in the series. And I would agree that it's like at least on par, if not slightly better than Chimera and so... Yeah, I think Hunter Hunter is way more positive qualities. So I just wanted to get oh, that out. I, I agree. I agree. And, like, even, like, the arcs that, like, aren't considered to be on the level of stuff like York New, like uh, Greed Island, for example, yeah, I ones. still think, but like... it's fun. Yeah. It's just a fun little arc, you know, traveling <laughs> around in a video game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty there's plenty there to enjoy, but like it, it is the thing that has been touted as the uh, the the be all and all of them, and I I disagree that it with it being like the the best written thing on the planet, as the super fans will have you believe. It's not like there there is no such thing on this planet as a perfect arc. There is because once there's a perfect arc, it would be the landmark for everything else. And you see that there's enough deviation throughout series, depending on like the demographic, the, what kind of uh, show you're writing or the series you're writing. But at the same time, like when you have the elitist attitude of the Hunter Hunter fan also weighing it down, it's one of those things where you, you have to sit down and be like, okay, is this the super fan talking? Is this somebody that's objectively like a, a fan of fiction? Is it somebody that's like a fan of this style of content? Or is it just somebody talking out their ass because they think they're better than everybody else? A la Rick and Morty, you need a thousand IQ to understand the series kind of thing. And that's how a lot of Hunter Hunter fans come off. And it makes it this like super pretentious series that kind of hinders its reputation amongst manga and anime fans too. And just my take having had to deal with those types of fans. <laughs> I mean, you had to live with one. <laughs> yes. I wasn't going to go there, but also, yes. Sorry, man. That, that was your experience. I'm just like, love your, love I feel your the head. need to defend the series. That's well, oh, yeah. well, to to be to be fair. There is no fair, way in fucking hell Red is watching this video. I'm good. Yeah, and to to be fair, to be fair, I've done I've done just as much of overhyping Mishinosa Core for Red as he's probably done right. for effect with Untunter. So right. I can't uh, really say I, I can't and really I've say overhyped anything. my hero in the past and and, and I, I, I I do it with Code Geass. You know, it, it's like your comfort series becomes the thing you push on everybody, and something we got to sit back and realize, like. Maybe what I'm a fan of isn't what this person's a fan of, and maybe I should just yeah. take their taste into consideration. Yeah, and you know, not try to push my politically mecha anime on them when they <laughs> like, you know, being fights in pretty colors. For yeah, example, yeah, that's that's fair. And the only and the only reason I like tend to push Mission Yosuko is because it's just it's so a, underrated, it, underrated. And, and it's want... an easily accessible series as well. Yeah, and also as well, um, Red said in one of the Chainsaw Man videos, like, 
I want more slice of life. Slice of life. Uh, I want more series with more slice of life for five straight chapters. And I was just there thinking, like, Mission Yosakura has you covered. Right. But he also has this preconceived notion based on that first chapter. And once he well, sits down and sits, it, it depends on, like, his mood. Having lived with him for six months and known him for, Jesus Christ, like, seven years at this point, like, once he sits down and consumes more than one chapter, when he gets in those moods, he'll open up a little bit more to it. But he also has the detrimental effect of, like, everybody's talking about it. And, you know, me, you, you know. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, he'll stubbornly sit there and not consume it until he's ready to consume it now. Okay. But I feel like once he gets to, particularly, oh, the, yeah. uh, particularly like the last, the Tom Hoppo arc and shit, uh, the, yeah, and the whole Momo saga that we that is just wrapped up in the series. I feel like once he gets to Momo and how psychotic Momo is in the series. Oh, one hundred percent. He's on some Hisoka shit, and he, he would eat that up. But he has to sit down and want to consume it. Like I was that way with fucking <coughs> at Gretzko, for example. Because everybody I knew was talking about Agretzko. And they're like, but your favorite animal is literally the red fucking panda. Why are you not watching the red panda Netflix show? I'm like, because all you fucking none for the last six months has that been your entire personality. <laughs> and I don't want to do... Once I said I'll watch it, it's like one of my favorite things ever. So, like, I, I'm the same way. Um, but yeah. Uh, whoever wants to continue, I feel like I've been talking my ass off all day, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, something that's praised for one aspect. I can throw one out there, though. I'm not sure how many of you guys saw this anime, because I eventually dropped it. It's called Eminence in Shadow. Um, I, this was a funny series because, like, um, originally, if one of my best friend, he watched the first episode, didn't really like it, but I heard from some YouTubers I watched that's going to be pretty good. So I'm like, okay, cool, I'll watch the episode. Yeah, first episode wasn't great, but the second episode is where the story actually gets started. Short version, it's like just an isekai with like a main character who always wanted to be like super powerful or whatever, and now he gets to live that life. And he's super extra about it because the way he wants to do it is by being... Uh, quote-unquote eminence in shadow where he gets to be that hero from behind the scenes but uh on the surface looks like a total weakling because the entire the comedy that really held it up for the first couple episodes just the main character who's like broken mm -hmm. is also just trying to act like a background character and is enjoying doing background character stuff but what i realized watching the series through was that it was very repetitive in format, like most isekai, because the main character can solve most problems by being super strong, and all the girls in the harem series, even more so than most isekai, and you'll have to take my word for that because I watch a lot of this genre, the characters had, like, no writing other than they are super hot and are very good at this one specific thing that they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just so boring, and I had to drop it and even apologize to my best friend, who and I told him, you should get back into this series because, yeah, it could get really bad. But I also saw that as the season was going on, I figured more people would drop it over time, but it still retained some level of 
popularity and i don't understand why there was like nothing redeeming other than hype moments and comedic moments from the main characters oh yeah so i'm gonna get hate for what i'm about to say but i feel like that's like 95 percent of the isekai genre at this point yeah i figured someone was gonna say it and you're not wrong to most extent but the thing is i feel like most isekai even they don't are, take don't themselves have, like, overly the best... serious you know they don't take yeah. themselves and this one didn't either but, but the main characters usually suck so at least here we had someone who kind of could carry a show for a little while at right least. but like my my biggest one is like when he started having like i turned myself into a vending machine in a dungeon or i i i raised my skill level in cooking to save the village as plot lines right that's why i'm like why the fuck does this exist as an anime, like a fully like studio produced, not a fan project, but like big budget studio produced this shit, right? <laughs> I'm just like my brother in Christ. This didn't need an this didn't need an adaptation. This is like a 25 chapter series, and you're throwing your whole studio into it. Okay, stop. I I can't I can't isekai anymore, and that was like one of my my favorite genres for a very long time. But it's gotten so, like, beyond Sharknado levels of jumping the shark that it's ridiculous. I mean, when you get to um, uh, my, uh, having um, cell phones in another world. But that, that... I mean, okay, that... actually, since you brought that up, you guys are talking about guilty pleasures. Smartphone in another world is absolutely my guilty pleasure anime. Like, that one's not even that bad. It's like the vending machine and the dude turning himself into, like... A microscopic being inside that, so he could live in somebody's fucking cleavage. And <laughs> I, I don't understand why this genre felt the need to turn everything into an isekai. Like it, it's stupid. Where I think the concept of traveling to another world is not uncommon in fiction. It's just that we ended up coming up with a formula that got overused. Because you think about series like Digimon. Um, which right. I know Luke will talk about later. That can be classified as an isekai. It is. It is are... an isekai. Oh, yeah. It is technically it, yeah. an isekai. Right. You have isekai like that, or isekai like King Arthur's Court. Who the fuck remembers that movie from the 90s? Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, the only way I remember that movie is from the Nostalgia Creek with you. Nostalgia Creek with you. But that's and technically just, an isekai. Just, and just the notion of Daniel Craig being in that film, James Bond being in that film. Right, but like yeah, and Chronicles of Narnia is probably the classic. Right, but like you had, you had heart in those. Now it feels like it's the. The printing company needs quick money. How do we make it? Oh, we do an isekai about a fly on a wall. Oh, we do the the only thing that's missing is like uh, is like an isekai. No, actually, don't do that because that would ruin the franchise. I, I was gonna say a Yu-Gi-Oh isekai. I was like, no, no, let's not do that. Was it the fucking Millennium World or the did the one where they're inside the simulation, the mini arc in the anime? Wasn't that technically an isekai? I don't. Oh wait, but then you have to consider Sword Art Online as an isekai. Right, right. Sword Art Online is Sword Art Online is like the the one that made the one that made it mainstream again. Like even though Dot Hack was first, Sword Art Online is the most popular version of that. 
I say yeah, that as I'm going like to go. Zero and Konosuba and Rising of the Shield. I was hero. gonna say, I was, I was gonna say uh, just quickly there. Um, Rising of the Shield hero, I feel is the best Isekai. I say this as I'm going to the Sword Art Online Progressive Movie 2 tomorrow at 4 yeah. o'clock. Also as well, there is one other isekai that, we're, that, you've, that you've missed out that I don't think anyone talk, talks about anymore. The Familiar of Zero. I forgot that fucking existed. Yeah, that's a very classic one. Yeah. Uh, I, will say, I will say that is a guilty pleasure for me because I just can't... That people go on about the main heroine being absolute trash. What do we is. consider... Would we consider Reboot, the old CGI show, would we consider that an isekai or no? I think I know what you're talking about, and I think it does classify. It's like from the early I mean, 2000s, it was really crappy CGI. It got, a, it got a reboot, ironically, and then canceled again here recently. Uh, uh, do you want to know, what, know what's funny? What? The Sonic... Sonic the Hedgehog movie franchise is technically an isekai. Yeah. To be fair with Sonic, Sonic X itself was an isekai. Yeah, that that too. So, so the point is that it's not like isekai. There's a lot of good in the genre. The problem is it just became too formulaic. And oversaturated. And so and so yeah. what happens now because of that is, to tie it back to our topic, is we have like... Every isekai trying to do one small thing different. Like on manga decks, I saw a new isekai that was posted called like Serial Killer in Another World or whatever. And I'm like, that was that's barely any different considering how much murder happens in these things. But ReZero, end of itself. Uh, yeah, you have right. a you have so, a player killer guild a... in Sword Art Online. Yep. And so because of this, like every single one of these series is, oh, I have this one thing that makes me different. And so that one thing, if it turns out to be good, is the one thing that gets praised for being good. Like Rising of the Shield Hero having Billy Kabetz, R.I.P. Is that like the VA? Uh, that was the yeah. dub VA for um, uh, no, me in, the, in the first series who, uh, who tragically died in the same way that um, Chadwick Boseman died. I see. Wait, Jackman Bozeman also passed away of stage four colon cancer? Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh. Huh. Yeah. But yeah. No, we were talking about Isekai. Do you want to get into your Digimon thing? Or yeah, yeah since thing? we since we um bore uh, Isekai, we might as well talk about one of the more popular Isekai, Digimon. Um but uh um I do I do like Digimon um an awful awful lot and um I feel I feel like at some point we'll probably have to go through Digimon as well as Yu-Gi-Oh at some point. Yeah, the one aspect that I feel could have been explored more uh, more um, would be the whole notion of Digivolution, particularly in Adventure and C and Zero Two, because. Um, Theoretically, and I was saying this to Polydrums earlier, you know how in Digimon they have the crests in Season 1? Yeah. And they're all at, at connected to an attribute of the main characters. Well, mm -hmm. theoretically, couldn't the other characters um, use the power of those crests? You would think. 
Because it's like, yeah, Ty has the crest of courage because he's the most courageous out of them. But in all honesty, TK should TK should be able to harness it because he, him and Kari at the end of it were the last ones standing against Piedmont. Yeah, like you would think that those were there would be something that they would do, but I, I don't. I, I kind of liked the fact that they were limited to one person because then you kind of had the aspect of them kind of getting way too overpowered every time that they would go I do, in. Yeah, I do get that. But at the same time, Digimon, at its core, is just a marketing tool. So you'd figure that they would be like, we want to shadow as many Digimon as possible. No, you're not wrong. Like, that is... That is and the I whole think, purpose there. Yeah, it's, and I think... Oh, oh, I'm just gonna say. I think the biggest, um, uh, biggest like, um, um, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, I can't think of the word. But um, no, the biggest issue, uh, or uh, until I can find out the word, is the fact that realistically there should be more than the eight crests. Yeah, there probably I were. Pointed out there are. Yeah, like. Um, well, actually, we have the Crest of Kindness with Ken, with Ken in Season 2. But also, shouldn't it be, like, the Crest of um, Bravery, which would be separate from Courage? Or the Crest of Loyalty? They're, they're the exact same thing, though! Nope, nope, they're completely different. How? But... How? They're not really. <laughs> that was I'm just trying to get more crests in! <laughs> all right, all right. Um, There's well... probably more crests with the other Digidestins we meet in Adventure 2, but... Yeah, but, like, the Crest of Loyalty, I would have thought that would have been one of the big ones, or the Crest of, like, Consideration. That's what reliability is. Kind not, of. Not really, because, um... Uh, reliability... I feel like loyalty can, like, go into, like, a lot of others. Like, loyalty can, like... Fit into friendship, loyalty could fit into sincerity. Loyalty yeah, but when, I, when, love, when I'm talking about when I'm talking about loyalty, it's just being like, no matter what happens, I'm always gonna be here for you. Whereas, like with friendship, you can have friendships, but there can be something that'll be like, yeah, I don't agree with you on that one. But I'm talking about like loyalty of just being like, I'm standing by you no matter what. Like, like how a perfect example. Raftalia would be would be the bearer of the crest of loyalty because she's so loyal to Nalfumi in that Rising of the Shield hero. I can see that, but I think like there would be other things that they could dive into with it. But I also think that it's very it would be a very annoying marketing gimmick as well. I, yeah, I think I might be heading out crest left and right. They wouldn't feel special. Good point. That is actually a very good point. But uh, okay, this. But speaking of special things, uh, let's. Uh, sorry. Go ahead, Luke. I just wanna just wanna bring up one more aspect about the Digimon evolution. Um, something that doesn't feel special at all, and that's the Digi eggs in season two. Because theoretically, and it's been uh, and it's been canonically proven that any one of them can use the Digi eggs once they come on. Which they should have done. I want to see. Vmon Digivolve with the Digi Egg of Love. Yeah. I want to see freaking Armadillomon, the best O2 Digimon, fight me. Yeah, well, of you all... want to know something about um uh, about Armadillomon? What? Guess Armad... two voices him. Who? Welcome, Rangers. Perhaps you're wondering where you are. While well, you're in my domain. Good old Lord Zed. Yep. Jesus Christ! I did not know that. 
Yeah, Robert Axelrod voices not just Wizardmon in Digimon, but also Armadillomon. So here's the thing, though. I think I think a lot of my issues with like the whole Crest thing and the Digimon or the Digimon thing comes from me being an adult now instead of being a kid, where I'm seeing the financial aspect of what it would be like to be a parent during the '90s with that. I have to buy all the crests and all the figures and all the toys of just these weird combinations for it. I, I feel like I'm turning into my dad today, and I hate it because I'm just like I don't want to yeah, buy the. I don't want to buy all the fucking toys right now. I I'm I need to save money, but I also okay. am looking at like the the fact that there's like eight new lightning collection figures, but they're all in those ugly like fucking boxes where there's no plastic, so I can't see the paint quality of them. <laughs> so as a Power okay. Rangers fan, I'm hating the fact that now I won't know the quality control of what I'm buying as an adult. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, just to reiterate what um, Tyler was saying. All right, I've got on the Digimon wiki now. So they have all the Digimon that are like, okay, this is what the Digimon would evolve into with each Digi-Egg. Oh, God. Nice. Oh, Tyler, you were going to show. Oh. So there we go. I've put it in the the mod VC text. (laughs) Oh. Tyler, what were you going to transition into? Uh, when I said speaking of uh, all fancy things, I was going to talk about the Digi Eggs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but also as well, I don't know if you noticed that once they got to certain Digivolutions, they technically stopped using the other ones. Like, once they got to the DNA Digivolving, they pretty much stopped using Armor Evolution after that. Gold Vidramon! Yeah. And also as well, and also as well, and also as well. Apart from Tamers, why is it that it's only the uh, the two main characters, like the cool, the 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 um, main character and the cool loner guy, who get the ultimate evolutions or the mega evolutions? I mean, in Try, they everyone gets megas. Is that? Yeah, but that that came that. That probably came out as like a cry from fans of like, why didn't they get? Why didn't they get the treatments? Why was it just Ty and Matt? But I mean, that's exactly what you asked. <laughs> so it <can> yeah. be... <laughs> But it should have happened in adventure in adventure rather than in try. Maybe, but it still happened, so I can't be too upset. Yeah. It's the same issue I have with, like, Digimon Frontier, the fourth series, where they're all turning into the Digimon. It's like, why is it the two main characters that are the only one that get the uh, the mega evolutions? Why can't it be, why can't it be like, the the uh, little kid with the ice powers that gets the mega evolution? So, uh, I just put something cursed in the mod VC as well. Speaking of who we were talking about a few minutes ago in an isekai. Oh my god, yeah. And you want to know what the worst part about this whole Digivolution thing is that they actually addressed it in the show. They actually talked about it, really? but it never went anywhere. That's yeah, I think actually insane. Where at the very end. Oh man! So that—that's why—that's why I was thinking of like, why wasn't this explored more? Oh. Well, I know another thing you guys want to talk about with MHA, but before we do into that, um, I'll just give a quick thing. With Dr. Stone, but I guess this is... I don't know who's watching all the way up to now, but thank you. But this will be, I guess, spoilers for the manga um, from here. 
so in Doctor Stone, like the big thing with the story is like Senku and his friends like reestablishing civilization, and of course, a huge. We were looking forward to the series doing just that, but by the time we got to the point where we're traveling the world, we kind of skipped a lot of the actual world reestablishing to get right to the end game. Now, granted, I think that was done because like. Yeah, Inagaki had a very specific story he wanted to tell, and he wanted us to just confront the main antagonist and then just hand wave the rest because it wasn't wouldn't be as interesting for a Shonen Jump series. But I also think it's just such missed potential for the story that Doctor Stone uh, was. I guess I should say. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Again, much as I love Doctor Stone, I can't argue. I can't disagree with you on that one because that was something i was really lo- i was really looking for like you saw me getting really hyped when that uh, when that happened i just yeah like, i mean yeah. we were talking about all the places they could visit the political arcs we could have had just visiting england <laughs> yeah i was i in a in a gaki burichi i loved you but you caught tease me with england they never I did to... i think you were just expecting I, I I know I know I'm just uh, I'm just being a salty fanboy, but hey, if Shonenoja can be salty about Biakia being lower than Gimro in the popularity poll, then I could be about that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> could can we think about for a second, like all the places that an extended manga of Doctor Stone could go? Like, yeah, even if we did what? like a sequel. Like now we can travel through space. Well, we'd have to start doing interplanetary travel, right? Effectively, but I, I'd be, I'd be perfectly cool with that if we get more dot stone. I mean, I would be too. But I also know some readers who, you know, got what they needed from the series and feel like if they overextended it, because we did have that whole discussion last time about milking a series. So it's almost like, you know, we don't want to be too greedy with that. Right. I would feel. And I would feel like I'd be okay with it if it was like, okay, we're doing a sequel to Dr. Stone, but whereas in the first series, first series this was realistic science. In the uh, in the sequel series, we're going straight up into sci-fi aspects. So it wouldn't be milking; it would just be like uh, expanding on, uh, expanding on, and giving us a fresh take on take on the concept, rather than just but doing the I same would... thing over and over again. Again, I don't think I would mind that, but I also want to say that's exactly what Bor- Naruto to Boruto did. It basically is like, what if we did ninjas, but now we have aliens and advanced technology to deal with. And I'm enjoying that, but I know a lot of people that are just not. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, not ge- okay. I'm not enjoying the fact that we're fighting a goddamn dinosaur. <laughs> we're fighting a yeah, dinosaur? I don't know. Man, yeah, that's awesome. The yeah, the fighting a dinosaur. Seraph of the End is doing that too. We got dinosaurs now. <laughs> Why? We escaped the dino love. Let's not bring it back. <laughs> uh, it's bad enough fucking Power Rangers did it for a fourth time. <laughs> but yeah, and also as well, uh, I really wish they had done more with certain characters in Dot Stone. Because it seems like they only existed for... One, aside from, like, the main six, I guess you could call them, like, uh, Senku, Kohaku, um, Gen, Chrome, Suika, um, and uh, Ryusui. Aside from those guys, the, uh, the uh, and Kazuki, because he was obviously uh, the engineer, um, the others just existed for one aspect and then were 
kind of in the background, not really doing much. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the series did a better job, at least up until maybe um, we finished the America arc. Because, like, the Americans got, like, nothing, basically, for, like, Stanley and Zeno. And, yeah, and then Chelsea, I think, is, like, the biggest crime of the... Oh yeah, Chelsea as well. Uh, Chelsea as well, and I love the fact that uh, that was that was like a running uh, thing. What with the Doctor Stone Control Chaos videos, like are Fex and Red gonna be able to pronounce Chelsea's name correctly? Chelsea. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Well, to be fair, I'm... you mispronounced Francois's name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really wish they had gone to more play- places because again, if you're talking about compute computers, um, like uh, China is a big one that like you could have gone to. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of places they could have gone to. But even then, the place they did go to, like Australia, we were just there for like a few chapters. Yes, but... and that's that again. That again uh, it was a pain. Was a pain for me, and also with. India, uh, with India, which yeah, Math City. If you look on the globe for uh, in Dotston, that's clearly not India. That that I guarantee was meant to be England, but they changed it at the last minute. Hmm. I'll say you read the globe wrong, but we'll just agree yeah. to disagree. On yeah, that. I guess we'll agree to disagree. Oh, uh, so what next? <laughs> Well, we still had MHA, which was ever good. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I had um, uh, just one other thing when it uh, when it comes to a particular series, and that is Bleach. Um, uh, and I think uh, I think um, you guys are probably going to know what it is because I've mentioned it so many times before. It's one of the biggest like issues I've had with Bleach for a while. Why give each go siblings if they're not going to do anything? Uh huh. World building, maybe. Yep. Yeah. No. I mean, to be fair, I think Light also. I saw a funny tweet online about this because I found a Death Note meme, but like it was basically like, what if Light's family were more observant of his like quirky behaviors at home? Yeah. And, that... Like one person commented, "I forgot he had a sister." <laughs> but yeah, you would have like uh, just going off site topic before I get back into speech. You would have thought Light's family would have noticed. Like, yeah, our son's acting really weird. Yeah, it was the point of the meme. It was hilarious. Maybe actually, I'll go find it and send it. Yeah, um, but yeah, oh. Ichigo sisters. Like, what was? Uh, I mean, I guess the point was, but either way, Ishin could have uh, filled that uh, filled this role of just like gaining Ichigo's powers at the beginning of the series. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what was the point of having Ichigo have siblings? Who Karin was basically like, hey, she's gonna grow up to be uh, like Ichigo. Not going to do anything with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and and what really frustrates me is that they had the perfect opportunity to do that. Kubo had the perfect opportunity with the Fallbringer arc. And, again, it, uh, again, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that Yuzu has so little spiritual pressure when she's the daughter of a Shinigami, a captain level Shinigami, and a Quincy. Hmm. Trying to think. Like, 
I mean, again, like, it's just protagonist powers ultimately. But the fact that they did set seem to set up the siblings to have more right, to do. Yeah. It feels like stuff got left on the cutting room floor, so to speak. Yeah. The bunts. Uh but yeah, no, like I, I I think we talked about the bleach thing to death at this point, but I do agree. Like there, there was enough set up there that there should have been something expounded on. But it's just, it's just an unfortunate thing, right? Like you have so many ideas that you have as an author, or somebody in general, and sometimes they just kind of get filtered out for the sake of like time consumption. You have to think about like he was writing a chapter a week for fucking multiple years i don't even want to do the math on how long bleach actually was in the magazine it was 15 because of because uh, it was a play on each girl's name being 15 ah right uh 15 years in the magazine cool. uh, 15 years in the magazine weekly basically for the entire run of it you have to be like okay what can be cut for time's sake so i can fit my funny joke in and also have my sanity and my life back as well, because you you gotta think that that is taxing on the brain, the body, everything. That like not every idea is gonna be expounded on to the extent you originally had set it up for. So like this is one of those like convenient like eh, they don't need to have powers, they don't need to have all this. Just write it out of the plot basically and just go on to the next thing so you can speed things up. But it, it's something that like I really do wish it was you know in there fully. Because the sisters were some of the more interesting characters in the in the traditional story there, like the the day to day story for everybody. Yeah, and uh, and it's just weird because um, whenever we've had like um, a show, particularly a shonen series, whenever we've had like a main character have a brother or a sister, they do play a major role in the series. Like look at like Black Clover with Asta and Yuno. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and going back to look at Promised Neverland, um, Emma, Ray, and Norman being the main characters, and they're technically sibling, uh, extended siblings. But yes, yeah, and like, and same thing with Yu-Gi-Oh, with Yu-Gi-Oh Five Ds of like, um, you say Jack and Crow being adopted siblings, but still siblings, right? Like, it's weird. It's very weird. And we don't even want to get into the Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D's manga, either. Oh my god. Uh, I, Why? Uh, um, apparently, apparently, it's like with um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the next mutation, where it specifically stated that you say Jack and Crow are not are not brothers. Mm-hmm. It's weird. So every Yu-Gi-Oh! besides the original isn't adapted, right? <coughs> They're their own stories, the mangas are. And they just diverge so much from the original path of the series that they're their own canon. Like, I love... Oh, shit. Tyler. Oh, oh I think they'll come... I think they'll come... Uh, Tyler will come back in. But isn't uh, in the Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D's manga, aren't the twins evil? Yeah, sort of, kind of. Uh, they're manipulative, for sure. I wouldn't know if I would classify them as, like, pure evil. I don't think there's anybody that's good or evil in the 5D story in general. I think they're all kind of, like, chaotic neutral. Um, but, so, like, for example, my favorite thing is, like, the Mask Hero deck in the the GX manga. Uh, 
but you never touch on those or the vision heroes in the fucking anime. It's the same thing for like all the other series. They have their own decks, their own lore, their own stories. It's it's weird. Um, I I just started reading the Zexel manga because I had bought all the volumes because I wanted the numbers cards, but um, like I never really read them past like the first volume. I think so I just started okay. reading it. It's fucking batshit. I am gonna have to uh, sit that da- sit my sit myself down and read GX Five Ds. Basically, read all the manga. Good luck manga. finding anything after Arc Five. Pardon? Good luck finding any of the series after Arc 5. Well, really, all, all that's after Arc 5 are Frains, um, Sevens, and Go Rush. The, the latter two don't have manga, and fucking Vrains is so hard to find, like a consistent translation. I think they started adding it to the Shonen Jump app, I'm not entirely sure, but like for the longest time, like finding a print volume of it was fucking impossible. I don't, I don't even know if print versions of it exist, to be honest. I think it's a lie. <laughs> um, but, like, the, the what they're doing now, from what I've seen, is, like, the Madolce have um, their own manga. Like, archetypes are getting their, their own series now. <laughs> Just insane to me. That is insane to be thinking about. I, I, I can't wait for us to get to the Jirak fucking uh archetypes since that seems to be the trend like everything needs a dinosaur so make a jirak one i cannot wait until we get to gx that i can do the ojama deck can we just get a dragon maid manga another like the dragon maid archetype because jesus christ that is the horniest deck on the planet well if it's ready to dragon maid then of course it's horny right well it makes sense right um, uh, that was a terrible joke. I apologize. I, I I'm staring at Kobayashi. Like my eyes are on Kobayashi right now, like five feet in front of me, and it's making me feel a certain way. <laughs> yeah, that creator what they were doing. Yeah, I had. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so I had a few quick ones. I just looked up, like, some stuff on my list. But before I go, Tyler, did you have anything? Uh, not related to the current subject matter, but I I, I am ready to go off about my hero. Okay, we can do that one, because I think that the ones I have, you are just more personal ones that I can just kind of close off with. Okay. All right, my hero. Uh, the, the biggest one, because, uh... This would fall into, like, the category of, like, characters with wasted potential and plot lines that we wish were revisited. Well, kind of not the, the last one. It's more like plot lines that we wish were visited sooner. Spinner. And the entire, like, category of heteromorphs. The shit they, they went through and, like... Like, how, how we got some focus on Shoji and Koda and all that. That should have happened sooner. I, 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 because I, I think... I, I, I honestly think, like, 
if they explore like 75% of the plot of My Hero sooner, it would be a more coherent and better series. Yeah, um, yeah and also as well, um, like, like with so many other series, they have like this expansive cast and they have like 20, uh, 20 um, what are supposed to be main characters of the series in class 1A. Let's just focus on um, six of them to start with and then let's shrink them down to three. Like literally... At this point in time, I have called My Hero Academia over the past two years the Todoroki Show. Yeah. That, yeah. That, and in the anime, it's pretty much what's happening, too. That is basically what it feels like. It feels like um, Deku has become a side character so much in his own story in favor of Todoroki that I'm like, is he even supposed to be? Is he even the main character anymore? <laughs> Shit. giving him the final fight yeah which you know they're gonna he's gonna drag that final fight out for as long as he can yeah probably which uh i will say like with the newest chapter like and this probably reflects like my feelings on the series when we saw it was a really good chapter but i also refuse to believe that oh this was the plan all along no, I, I, at some point he got the message, oh, this is what my fans actually want to see. Okay, I'm just going to quickly retcon this so we can get Shigaraki like, back to himself. Because that OFA are one for all, all for one play. Uh, he's just so boring as an antagonist. Oh, but, 100%. Tyler, I do agree absolutely with your point about the uh, heteromorphs because with Spinner, like Spinner was one of those characters they put so much sympathy in with the um, League of Villains. And the League of Villains were probably one of my favorite antagonist groups with like the MVA arc. And with that arc especially, like I loved how they expanded all the characters, but Spinners they hadn't done yet. But I figured they'll just do it later at some point. By the time we got to it, it just felt like such a footnote. And what's worse is it also incorporated classmates from that didn't get much story either. So it felt like this was a whole plot line that we were supposed to have an arc for that we didn't get. And it feels wrong to not do it because the whole arc is about, it's like, you know, racism is not being acknowledged properly in our world. And I, even from the beginning, you can tell there were hints of it, but they didn't explore it enough. <coughs> and the fact that it got ignored almost expungiates the problem. It's like, yeah, not even the story will explore the racist aspects of hero society. Yeah. It's a shame, too, because it would have made for a compelling story. It would have... Like, uh, One Piece and Fishman Island did this. And, uh... I, I don't care what people say. Fishman Island's one of my favorite arcs in fucking One Piece. I think it's fucking fantastic. Tying like, this into like, sorry, God. Uh, I, I was just about to say, uh, Jinbei's like big backstory revolves around the racism and all the shit that the fishmen have gotten over the years with Fisher Tiger. Yeah, and also it's and also it's like back and forth. Like they were discriminating against, so they were discriminating against humans. Which in turn went back went back to discrimination again. It was like a back and forth cycle of never ending discrimination. And that's pretty much what happened in Attack on Titan. That's the central plot line. So, what I was gonna say uh, before was that another superhero anime, uh, Tiger and Bunny, which um, I do recommend for anyone who hasn't seen it, 
its story in its second season that recently ended and how it kind of connects to what MHA could have done is that it showed that for certain superhumans in society, some powers are just more useful than others, which MHA also tackled upon. But in the case of racial discrimination, it kind of shows that like they could have easily said that some of the heteromorphs who had like abilities but just weren't suited to be heroes were looked less upon compared to like uh, heteromorphs whose abilities are useful. Because at that point, you're saying it's like, oh, you can be different as long as you are useful to society, which is like a whole other aspect to like even just real world racism. Because you can, because I guess par- partially speaking as a uh, person of color here, like certain uh, groups of people tend to get a little bit more favored because they are seen as useful to society. And in that sense, they're kind of seen as what's the phrase? I think a prized, not a prized race, but like a, a trophy now target, like a base model. That's it, model race. And that's like a whole other problem in and of itself. Like um, when you're seen as, oh, this is the ideal kind of group to be. You should be like them because they are providing use to society. But at that point, your value and your worth is based on, in this case, the traits you were born with. Um, and that's a whole problem I think that would have been great to explore in MHA, but they didn't. And other heroes' shows have. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing that is the biggest um, I- uh, issue that I really wish was explored in My Hero, Acad- in My Hero Academia is the whole notion of... Uh, we were talking about this before the, um, before the podcast, like... Um, you can only become a hero if you go to hero school to get your hero license, which really, which really, that should not be that should not be a factor because even in the real world, there are ways to get uh, to become like a profession you want to be without actually having to go to uh, school and education. Because here's here's a reality, my hero academia. Some people perform better uh, in a practical sense rather than sit behind a desk. Mm-hmm. And to add to Luke's point, um, in the side story, My Hero Academy Vigilantes, which I'm pretty sure is canon because it acts as a prequel of sorts, uh, they did say that modern hero society uh, was largely originally formed from vigilantes. And like part of the reason there's popularity is such a big thing in hero society is because the way they determined... Which of like who was a hero and who was a villain was largely based on popularity in the beginning, because it's like okay the people will tell us like who they like and who and who's been saving and protecting them, and in that sense before hero society there were just people on the streets helping people and to be fair that's still happening that's the story of vigilantes and those guys ended up becoming heroes the main character of vigilantes literally becomes a hero without ever having to go to hero school. He just got training from another vigilante slash retired hero. That's a whole sub story. And he got mentored by um, another pro hero, and now he's officially licensed. So yeah, there are other ways they could have gone to become heroes. And I guess what we're seeing now in the story with Gentle is, like, here's someone else who is acting as a hero, even though they don't have a hero's license. So if they explored that in the story like in Maine, and I was expecting them to, honestly. I expected Vigilantes to tie in at some point, but it really hasn't. No, it, it ha- It's the difference it, between, like, a college, a trade school, and practical learning, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, which which is something I would I would have loved to see. Like speaking, uh, like uh, speaking from the profession that I'm in, like you don't have to go to drama school to become like a really famous actor. I mean, look at like actors like John, Johnny Depp, who never went to drama school, and yet he's like one of the most well known actors out there. Mm-hmm. Yep, there have been people who found success in the culinary industry without even going to culinary school. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I don't like, that's the one aspect of My Hero that I wish was tackled more of the fact, like, it really does feel like a dictator, dictatorship, like, if you use your quirk outside of, uh, it, without a license, then you are, then you are seen as, like, an evil person gonna go to prison or rah, 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 rah. And I'm just there thinking, like, uh, There's like, a lot of potential with that. Yeah. Ah, there really shit. was. Oh. Yeah. But I was just thinking, like... You good? Yeah, uh, stubbed my pinky toe. Oh, ouch! Blood. But I really thought what were, what one of the aspects that was going to be that was going to happen that was going to get like at the end of the war war arc um, that I really wish was explored. It's like the consequences of not being allowed to use quirks out uh, without a license because with that whole tidal wave of uh, decay going at people, I really thought there would have been like I would feel like someone had a quirk that could have saved people, but they didn't want to get arrested for using their quirk outside, and they hesitated. Yeah, the most the main series did was show people trying to defend themselves and, like, them doing more damage because they weren't trained to. But, again, you can't really fault people for trying to protect themselves when society has collapsed. Yeah, but uh, even then, I would have been, I would have been uh, much more satisfied with the war arc if we just had someone say, like, I do not believe in hero society because they put this barrier in place and now my family is essentially dead because I wasn't allowed to use my quirk. Yeah, no. Yeah, that see. actually would have been great. That makes sense. Yeah. But, I, and again, I know I've brought this up before, but that whole scene at the end of the war where we had Ochaku seeing that hero is like, I'm going to retire from this. That would have been so much more impactful if it was a student that was saying that. Yeah, like, uh, oh, again, what is the name of that um, um, student that's always uh, bragging to Class 1A? Mortimer. 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 Yeah, like, it would have been so okay, much Okay, you're really impact- not bringing this up again, Luke, Yeah, seriously. I, I am. Because uh, I still disagree with this point. Like, uh, but okay, fair enough. But I still would have uh, liked him more because that would have brought his character full circle, in my opinion, because he was always bragging of like, like oh, Class 1A, you're so, you're so, you think you're so hot, 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 hot crap or hot shit for doing all of this. And then when he's actually in the field and seeing what it's like to be a professional hero, be in this situation, that would have been like a real eye-opener for him. Yeah, but I wouldn't have wanted him to like step out of being a hero because he's like one of the most useful uh, students okay, at the school, fair, and the current yeah, arc shows that. Yeah, fair enough, fair, fair enough. But, or, uh, but another aspect that's really just been brought up now, just from my from my head, is the whole aspect of like um, discrimination against certain quirks. Because if you notice in the series, like there are some quirks who that are uh, that people are prejudiced to because you think like that quirk is suited to being more of a finless quirk, like with. Um, Shin, uh, Shinto, Shinto's, um, Shinto's quirk of mind control. Shinzo. Shinzo. Yeah, what was his name again? Shinzo. 
Chinzo. And yeah. also Toga as well. She had that same story effectively. Yeah, and I really wish that would have been an aspect to it that would have been explored of like just like people being prejudiced to people with certain quirks, where it's like, hey, we could be heroes with this quirk. I mean, we did have some of that. But we could have definitely used more. I don't disagree with it. Yeah. Um, I also want to just say, like, in my field, which is, like, all about licenses, um, the medical field, for those who need to know, it you are very limited by, like, what your education is and what schools you can go to and, quite frankly, afford to go to. But I also want to say that even in our real world in the medical field, you can continue your training, like, as a nurse to go into, like, nurse practicing and then get uh, responsibilities close to a doctor. You could go become a medical assistant and effectively do almost everything except maybe write prescriptions and even no, psychologists who didn't go to medical school to be psychiatrists, they can, in certain states, uh, based on their laws, you can even prescribe medicines just like a psychiatrist could. It's part of your practice. So, yeah, I would say that even Not in a the Michigan. real world where training is needed because of, you're in a highly technical field that requires study, knowledge, and skills, and blah, 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 there are ways to, like, uh, gain that without uh, going through this one route. Yeah, uh, yeah, and like I said before, it's like it's like um, some people are like sitting them behind a the desk, like looking at like looking at a test and, and being like, "Oh, I don't get this. I don't get this." But like, give them a practical. Give, um, give them as like a practical. Um, they'll they'll be like, "Oh, I've got this in an instant." But yeah, some people are just more suited for being out there practically rather than um, sitting behind a desk. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Like there, there definitely is that. We even got that if we had more with like the support schools, even because they existed, but we barely touched on those. Either. Yeah, I've... imagine if we expanded on that, and it's that way for people without quirks to uh, be helpful. Yeah, like uh, like um, the woman who calls her inventions babies uh what was her name again may hatsume may hatsume that was it like she she uh, if they really wanted to like combat the combat the villains she would be one of the most versatile heroes to use because she could just whip up like uh whip up like something in an instant she's basically like tony stark Except if Tony Stark was a high school student, it was just like, I'm crazy for my inventions, my babies. My babies. But yeah, there are there just so many aspects of My Hero that really wish were touched up more as, uh, as a series. Mm-hmm. I mean, international heroes, like they just got, they came in, then they went so quickly. But I feel like the biggest one that if I if I was writing my hero and it's like what would I do differently like this this is what I would do I would not give Deku the most OP quirk. What the the main character wouldn't get the OP quirk? How how brave? <laughs> now I'd still give him a quirk like that. I wouldn't change like I would still give him a quirk, but it would be more like a quirk that was more akin to like like my idea would be like for his quirk would be like um whatever he touches turns into like a disc that he could fire at people so like 
but it's like but he's he got the destructo like... disc from dragon ball but okay fine we'll go with the destructo disc but like it couldn't be like things that were already circular so like he couldn't turn like a plate mm. into a disc but he could say like oh i've got this phone here i'll turn that into a disc and the more and the more he worked at it to more he worked the more uh, the more he could improve that quirk in a variety of ways like he could use the disc as like a shield he could uh, he could fire it off as like a projectile weapon hmm I also want to say is that even with the extremely powerful ability, there are ways you can be more creative with it. One series I'm reading called uh, The Battle Game in Five Seconds, it has the main character with an ability that's basically your power is whatever someone thinks your power is, which has the pow- which at first you think is going to be incredibly overpowered because you can just say, oh, you can just like tell someone, oh, my power is this crazy ridiculous thing but then they kind of pose limitations on it as we go along like oh you can only do it one person at a time you if someone else of course sees you use a power they'll be convinced that's your ability and then if people can't properly imagine the ability it'll affect the restrictions and blah 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 so there are ways to be more uh creative even with giving a main character a super overpowered ability but i think like the way deku could have gone is they could have given him something close to what he had like with multiple quirks but he his intelligence of how he uses them was very much lost from early uh, mha because the main character in the series i'm talking about like he continuously is like finding new creative ways to use his powers and gaining new powers but deku he's just like slowly just got overpowered to the point where he doesn't really need to think about things as much yeah and that's kind of a dis- disappointment about Deku as a character, um, but also as well, it kind of like it. It kind of like takes away from a little bit from him as like I'm just this. Uh, I'm just this average person uh, who's suddenly basic. He's basically the avatar at this point. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like uh, just quickly going back to my issue with the one arc in One Piece of how. They retconned Luffy's um, devil fruit to be, oh, this is just like a seemingly average devil fruit. To like, no, this is the devil fruit of a god. Yeah. And, and literally, and literally, um, people have an issue of Orihime basically having like the regenerative powers of a god in Bleach. So why is it an issue for Orihime, but not an issue for Luffy? And it literally. Because one is a well-written character, the other is written like a fucking board on the wall. (laughs) And literally, to me, it really did come off as like Oda having like, I have got no way of how Luffy can beat Kaido. He is just too strong. So it literally does pretty much come come off as a deus ex machina. In my personal opinion, I know a lot of people disagree with me on that, and that's fine. How dare you disrespect Luffy? But to me, it does feel like, because there was just not enough build-up to it as as being like, if there was more build-up to it of like people being like, Luffy, your powers don't uh, don't seem like a paramecia, they seem like something completely different, and Luffy would be like, huh, never really thought of that. Oh well. Like, if it was more like just people noticing how different his devil fruit was. Yeah, I could, I could kind of see that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, that again, uh, cycling it back to my hero, that is again what I don't like Deku as a uh, as a character of just like uh, going from just being like an average person to being basically um, uh, the Avatar. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I'm just seeing that my local venue is having a bikini bottom rave right now. <laughs> of course, of course. SpongeBob game out. It's really fun. I I need to get that. Because I love Battle for Bikini Bottom, so... That's basically yeah, like, like a... Spiritual successor. Yeah. So I should enjoy that one. Um, But yeah. So, so I had a few more, um, if if that's all right. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so like mine are, are kind of quick because I'm not sure how many of these people have seen. Because like the first one, every year I basically have like one anime that I consider, okay, this is like the most underrated thing I've seen this year. And I wish more people knew about it. But in, it wasn't as good, to be fair, last year's candidate, which was an anime called Healer Girls. Because um, this, the concept was really good. Um, and it's basically like a world where like uh, a new branch of medicine exists where there are girls who can like sing and their songs have therapeutic effect. And it was considered like a branch of medicine, like um, Eastern, Western, and like this. And what's interesting is at first I thought it was just going to be like really basic stuff but even from episode one these guys have like a lot of knowledge about actual medicine and when they were actually talking and describing their diseases and healing processes so i'm like oh man these guys actually go to like through like a lot of the similar training i did i mean maybe not exactly the same but close enough that i would actually consider them peers if they existed in the real world but uh the problem is i wish they went a little bit more in depth with some of it but i think that's also just because I am a professional in the field, and I was like, oh, man, there's so much they could do with this besides just um, providing mental support to providers and stuff. But uh, at the same time, I guess it's just not what the series wanted to do, but I would have liked to see more. Um, another story, another show I want to talk about is Anohana. This one you guys might have seen. And this is Long like... Long ago. This series, the series gets so much praise for being like, the saddest like anime ever but and having seen it like it was yeah pretty sad but i think it was <coughs> way exaggerated for how sad i raise you to it. your eternity yeah that's oh really isn't it isn't it about isn't it that series about the girl who dies and all the friends meet up again when they're adults yeah that one all oh, right right yeah yeah i know which one you're referring to yeah that series like i watched it and it's fine um, it's not bad, but I just thought this got way overblown for how sad it is. Like, this is not the saddest thing I've ever seen. And yes, that's a great example to your attorney. I'm watching second season, and it's like one of the best things, um, mm. like, is a story in general. Yeah. Um, and then I think I had one more. Oh, yeah, Flip Flappers. Flip Flappers is like an older series, but I remember back in the day, like, when it was airing, people were talking about it, but. Really, the only thing that's good about it is it's one of those shows where it's like the animation just does most of the carrying. Yeah. Story-wise, character-wise, like it had no idea what it was doing. This None. was just like so much like glittery animation. And yeah, it got way too much praise because the actual story was so forgettable. Nobody even talks about it anymore. I watched it 
like four episodes of it because uh, it kept getting like talked about, talked about, talked about. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll see what the fuck you are gapping about here, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, this sucks. Like the animation is godly, but like it had no identity whatsoever. Um, nope, and it really doesn't get it. It just does crazy stuff. All the ten calls it a show. Which I kind of respect in a pop team epic kind of way, but at the same time, like, for the amount of praise it was getting, you thought it would be something of substance, and then it really wasn't. Um, I know it's not an anime, but uh, I'm sure everybody here has played a Borderlands game at some point in their life. I have not. Really? I'm actually kind of shocked. Uh, uh, Borderlands, looking at it, it just didn't interest me i fucking love no, it didn't art. interest me either but give like a game a try it's actually pretty fun it's like it's like how um it's like how people are like oh you should really play minecraft you should really play minecraft and i'm just there thinking like minecraft's just basically the sims to me and they're like how dare you say that? it's nothing like rah, 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 rah. Like, I have tried on multiple separate occasions to get into Minecraft. Because I love watching Minecraft Let's Plays. Like, it fascinates me when people can do all these insane things. I get in a game of Minecraft, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I just get overwhelmed. I can't, my brain does not work that way. But Borderlands, I, I loved because I love cel-shaded art, right? That story started off so fascinating to me, right? And then, it, number two... Handsome Jack, like any villain tier list, like he's S tier, you know. And then Borderlands Three happened, <laughs> and that's the best way to describe it, is it happened. Like it had an interesting cliffhanger, but it so far derailed the the story for me that I'm like, what the fuck did I just play by the end of it? Like Tyreen and her little twat of a brother were not interesting to me like they were annoying they were influencers that was the villains they were fucking like influencers and there's nothing more obnoxious than a mr beast-esque level of influencer that thinks their their ego is so overinflated that they just can't see past their nose for the pile of shit that they're spewing so like she thought she was everything and i just I could not be invested in her as a villain. And that's really what kind of sold you on like that world. Uh, the side quests were cobbled together. But there was just enough lore to keep old time fans hooked. And that is how they got people to beat that game. So for me, like the story of the sirens is my favorite aspect. And tying the sirens into this like interplanetary bullshit now has me wanting to play 4, but everything else about 3, I would have rather eat broken glass and play through again. And I've played through 2 no less than 20 times, but I can't bring myself to even finish the Director's Cut DLC of 3. <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, but yeah, like that's one of those stories for me. I feel like I want to get the death threats for what I'm about to say, but I think that Mass Effect is one of the more overhyped stories, and I say that as a Mass Effect fan. Okay. I I I love. One. Go ahead. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I can see where you're probably coming from. I think the ending of the trilogy gets too much hate, but I think I see where you're going with this, so continue. So, like, for me, like, a game where my choices matter, right, has always intrigued me, because you know deep down you can't make every choice matter if you've done any level of programming in your life. So you realize that there are, like, tiers to this. And this is where I think, like, Telltale gets things right. And Mass Effect got them wrong. Because Telltale, you know what you're getting into, right? You know, like, not every choice is going to matter because it's a linear program. So you're going through with, like, two basic ends. You, your good ending and your bad ending. And then, like, tangentially what you decide on will, you know, raise or lower the stakes. With Mass Effect, they marketed it as every choice matters. And that's where they failed. Because at the end of the yeah, day... I can agree with that. At the end of the day, they you can plot out exactly what matters if you play the series more than once. So you can just be like, oh, I don't really give a fuck about that. By the second or third playthrough, you're like, I feel like I've done everything in this game. Because you start to realize, like, by the end of it, Absolutely nothing matters, realistically. Like, you either die, you become one with the machine, or you, you, you just let everything kind of consist. But I, I, f I love that concept. And I felt like Andromeda had set up the ability to do things a little bit better because you could see a little bit of where they were going with that story. But it also kind of do tried to absolve itself of the past, too. Which was something that was really fascinating, because, like, Shepard's sacrifice still happened in the universe, but it never had a chance to flourish because it was so cursed. <laughs> I really wish... I really wish... We got a Mass Effect 4 coming out, so... We already know Andromeda's not going to matter, but I really wish that that story could have continued, because I feel like it would have been a better way to do things than going back and now revisiting Shepard's story. Because now you know that realistically, no matter what choice you made in Shepard's story, it didn't matter at all anymore. Because you're still continuing it. So, if you chose that Shepard dies and sacrifices himself, like, well, guess what? Didn't really fucking happen, bitches. <laughs> It's annoying to me because, like, you you have so much potential there for it to be impactful and then just, like, retcon it retroactively now sucks. Um, I feel the same way about Life is Strange. And, and it's a franchise that if you follow the channel for any amount of time, know that I am a huge fan of. I own every comic for that. I own every edition of that game conceivable. And it's the same thing for me for... Mass Effect, right? Like, I, I fucking love that franchise to death, but, like, Life is Strange, it boils down to about five choices in that entire game. That's it. <laughs> and then by the end of it, by the end of it, like, it realistically doesn't matter, because it's either you save the bay or you save the bay. You know, you save Chloe or you save Arcadia Bay. Sacrifice Chloe, what did any of the rest of the fucking story matter for? You know, because, like, you spent the entire time building this relationship 
where like everybody else in the Arcadia Bay treats you like dog shit because you're even friends with her realistically. So why would you care about the city? The only person that really mattered in that would be Joyce. Other than that, and Kate, whose story is one of the more tragic ones in there. But realistically, everybody else can just fuck off and die. Um, I mean that unironically. The the rest of the cast is that unlikable. Uh, and then you do this weird thing with Life is Strange 2, where like your save file from Life is Strange 1 ties into that, depending on like if David is alive or not. But outside of that, not a single choice in any other previous game matters to that. <laughs> it's weird. I, I pick some weird games to love when I look at it. But I, I feel like well, that's kind of just a, the strange ones there for me. Well, I'll offer, um, at least for Life is Strange, like a quick counter because I chose the uh, other ending as my canon ending. I mean, I ended up choosing both to see what would happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, for There's me, even a I mod where you can choose both. Up... <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I uh, basically wanted... I actually developed like um, a decent bond with, I think, most of the cast. Like one, There was one girl who you can stop from getting bullied just, like, with little small side activities. Oh, was that her name? Yeah, I guess you would remember. But yeah, and I really liked her. Um, I also was a fan of Warren just because I could see a lot of myself in him when I was playing. Yeah. And I, and even like, um, like, uh, what's preppy girl's name? Victoria, I think. Yeah. She, she was the worst in the beginning, but like, she was supposed to like slowly develop over time. And I think it's half worked. And like you said, um, Joyce is another great character. So I really do. I did think by the end. Um, I didn't want to like sacrifice the town, especially like with Chloe, for example, we did spend time bonding with her, but my God, that girl is so, um, emotionally unstable because of life circumstances that she I, I, more than like most of the characters. I, I think I, I chose her over everything because that is literally as toxic as I, I sound saying this, that, that is my type and I hate it. <laughs> That's fair. At least you own up to that. And I can respect that choice. But I mean, I think with Chloe, like I started liking her more once uh, her side game came out. Yeah. I got to know her a bit better. I and love the back talk like, feature. Just liking the other girl. <laughs> but, yeah, no, 100% Rachel is a piece of shit. Like, fuck yeah, Rachel. Like, actually. <laughs> Like, the full first game is like, oh my god, Rachel was, like, this amazing person. And no, and Chloe just built her up no. to be this, like, wholesome, you know, God-fearing girl, basically. And then, realistically, like, she was a drug dealer. She basically sexually assaulted people. It, it was fucked. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, like, I remember playing the game in the beginning thinking, oh, man, it's too bad that the three girls couldn't be friends. And I'm like, nah, nah, it's fine. Nah, Max would have hated her. <laughs> I, I, according to the comics, though, they wouldn't, because the comics, they all got to just be buddies. Yeah, but like also, there's like a tangential timeline, so why does it matter? Um, yeah, oh my god. We just talked about time travel, but my god, Life is Strange takes a whole other direction with time yeah, travel. Yeah, like, I love the time travel in Life is Strange just because it's so bizarre. The, the ghost kid it that they fun. introduce. It was really cool in the comics. I really liked him. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot his name, but I remember him. He was cool. 
But, but like, I also still have to play, like, finish the second one and actually play the third one. <laughs> I'll say the third one is fun, but they marketed it like a, as this, like, open world, and it feels like it's more closed off than the original game. That's just my two cents. You might feel differently about it, but yeah, it, it you definitely visited the same locations a lot more. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense, you know, the whole D&D bar thing going on, and yeah. And since we were talking about games with, like, choices and how much they matter, I guess tying back to, like, miss... Well, I'm not sure about miss opportunities, but more we would like to see is a game I played last year um, that lived up to my expectation was Digimon Survive, where your choices basically determined, like, the ending and who lived and died. And it was such an interesting way to go about Digimon... Um, and I would recommend to anyone who grew up with the adventure games, especially because it feels like the characters are very heavily inspired based on them. But it's like, OK, we know you guys are adults now and like darker stories. So here's like a darker story about Digimon. Um, and so, yeah, it was a good story. But I also thought to myself, there's so much more potential they could have had with both the game mechanics, the strategies, as well as even the choices that you had. Like, because effectively there were like three main types of choices you can make, which led to three different types of endings, Mm -hmm. which is fine. And plus a true ending and like a bad ending that just game over. Um, The bad ending was like, you died like five or six hours in, wasn't it? No, like the bad ending is just like when you get to like the crucial, like, oh, this is the decision that decides your ending. And it's basically between like the top two of your, the three choices. Plus the main character just decides to give up on the spot. For some reason. I mean, it makes sense because he was like exhausted by this point. But at the same time, it's like, eh, this was just a game over ending. It didn't feel organic. Uh. But anyway, the point is, I think there were so many more endings and possibilities. And when I talked to other people who played the game, it would have been interesting to see like different characters that didn't have much of an arc get like their own like endings because effectively the other endings alternately go with, okay, this character died, which severely traumatized this other character. And that led to all kinds of nonsense. And so it's like, okay, but then there are certain characters who will can't die effectively. And then there are characters like your main character, obviously, but then there's characters who are like, you can't stop from dying up until like a second playthrough. And I understand why they did that, but it just felt like there was way more opportunities for like alternate endings. But at the same time, if we get sequels where they expand upon this, uh, I can pretty much take back all these complaints. Uh, for my scene, like it was decently successful. It wasn't like a massive success, but then again, no Digimon game. Is I mean, they massive. posted the sales, they posted the sales number. So I think that's a good sign of success. Cause they sold like half a million in like six months, yeah. which by Digimon standards is like, right. Oh, this is better than some of our like, uh, current flagship titles. No, I think like Digimon cyber sleuth just is hitting close to that. Like it's insane how little yeah. that game sold for as much fucking fun as that game is. That is it really is. I was surprised when I saw it. Like I, that game got me back into Digimon. Um, not try that game got me back into Digimon, and then I went, and, I went and watched the first try, but I refused to continue past there because I don't want that story to end. Because I, I, I'm, 
I'm a big sucker for the original Digimon. As fucked as our translation oh, was, Last Evolution will like crush you. That's how right. You feel. I, I have well, heard. But the good news is that I think that we're still getting more because there's an we Adventure are, Two. We like, are. We are getting. We are getting more, which um, is supposedly about the very first Digidestined. Oh yeah, yeah. Which when that which comes I out, definitely I want to see you after try. But yeah, um, uh, just to go, uh, just to go off on uh, uh, a bit there uh, with what you said about Last Evolution, it will break you until you realize that it's canon to the epilogue of season two. So it makes the whole emotional journey completely pointless. I'm still yeah. unsure how the epilogue of Adventure Two works and all this, so I'm choosing to ignore it for now until it makes sense. I'm sure it'll make sense by the end of Adventure 2 try. It, it, it's fucking Digimon. It's always been convoluted. Oh, but, yeah, definitely. Um, so, go ahead. has anybody played Yakuza? No. This first few hours of Zero. Okay. So, I, I'm basically a Yakuza virgin. And that's what I'm doing for the next stream. I've played bits and pieces of, like, multiple games. But I, I just... I respect one thing about that franchise so well, and that's how they treat an open world. And, you know what I mean? Like, you have open worlds, and this is a concept I feel like fails and is very successful in a lot of things. You have open world games where it feels barren, like Breath of the Wild, right? So, like, that yeah. concept being, like, the key marketing point for Breath of the Wild, it's a great step for the Zelda franchise, but it's still not something that's, like, so noteworthy because we have been spoiled by worlds like Skyrim and Yakuza, which oh. is closed in, but it still feels like this very lived-in world. And even GTA, we, we've we gotten used to these, like, massive worlds. But I feel I, like Breath uh, of the Wild was let down by the fact that that was the key marketing standpoint yeah, of that game. I'm I just want to quickly um, add on to that with uh, GTA. There's also Saint Saints Roads, which is what I prefer. Honestly, I, I love yeah, Saints Row much more I, than GTA. I prefer Saint Roads too, just because of the fact that, like uh, Silver Punctuation uh, said in his review of it, when you give people a world full of uh, cars, guns, and squishy people, they're gonna want to fuck this world shit up. No, one hundred percent. Like, so for me, like the fact that. Saints Row doesn't take itself seriously anymore is, like, the biggest reason why I love it. Because the first two were very much GTA clones. We can all agree there. But everything after that is like, you know what, let's give you the dildo bat basically from the start. You can go fuck people up with it. There's an alien invasion. You're the president of the United States because why the fuck not? And you're now uh, inside of a prison ship on planet fuckwit and you got like all these other things that are inside the simulation like it's a rick and morty episode because we we, we choose not to take ourselves seriously also there's a spin-off in hell and then the, the the reboot happens and we don't talk about the reboot um so there's a spin-off game of saints row 4 that's just johnny gat in hell it's like the Far Cry Primal of G uh, Saints Row, because I have no comment. Well, is there anywhere else that Johnny Gat would go with everything he's done? Uh, time travel. 
No, there that that's part of it too. <laughs> oh, word. Okay, yeah, it's all been done now. Yeah, that's why they kind of had to do like the soft reboot, and it it tries so hard to be woke, anti woke, and fucking absurdist humor, but also like Gen Z. It it's trying so many things at once. It doesn't have an identity of its own. And I say that as somebody that went into it, given the code, and it still felt like they were ripped off. <laughs> so, that's pretty bad when you feel like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this just one of those things, like, I, I feel like that concept of a, an open world is such a marketing point now that we've gotten to the point where, like, an open world has to continue to evolve more and more and more. That I almost... You know the meme, like, I want shorter games with shittier graphics and I'm serious kind of thing? Yeah. I, I Like, that's how I feel. Like, I don't want a 900-hour open world game every game. I want a game that's quick, concise, I can finish it in under, like, 40 hours sometimes. Which is why I got to work... Yeah, like Jedi like, Fallen Order. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, God of War 2018, which is a phenomenal story that I really... I'm I'm playing God of War Ragnarok. I went out and bought a fucking PS5 because I beat God of War 2018. That is the whole reason. I, 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 I still gotta play that game. I still gotta play that game. That is the whole reason I went out and bought it. And th- because Final Fantasy 16 is gonna be a PS5 exclusive for God knows how long. So I, I gotta play Final Fantasy 16. Don't, don't forget the uh, 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 the new Ratchet and Clank. That's also really good. I saw your comment on my TikTok. I I have it on my list to buy when I get my next check. Um, but I I'm just over here like I might as well buy it because now there are multiple games that I will play. Before I'm like, well, Forspoken's coming to PC, so I don't need to buy a PS5 for it, because that's a game I was actually interested in. It looks just like it's infamous, but in medieval times, so fuck it, I'll buy it. Returnal's well, you on PC, you know, well, so... Well, you I haven't heard good things. Uh, it, it, I like trash movies, so I'm sure I'll like a trash game. Um, well, you know what's coming out next month? Play. Jedi Survivor next month. I saw it got pushed back a few weeks. What? Yeah. I posted it in the general gaming. Um, let me go back. I know it got pushed back a little bit. I don't think it got pushed back too much, though. Got scroll past Carl's stuff in here. Um, blah, 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 blah. Thought I posted it in general gaming. Um... Google search. Uh, I'll probably find it. Yeah. Um, and there was also me bitching about the price of uh, upgrading my uh, Ghost of Tsushima to PS5 uh, copy for 30 bucks. Uh, yeah, it's uh, April, the end yeah. of April. Yeah, not that much of a pushback. I'm completely okay with that. So, like, Forspoken is one of them that I'm going by. Uh, fucking Returnals on PC. So I didn't really have a need to buy a PS5 until I beat God of War 2018, and I'm like, I'm not going to dodge spoilers for this forever. I have not seen a single spoiler for that game th- to this point. I'm so fucking grateful. 
but at the same time... Yeah, God of War community is actually pretty cool. At the same time, my best friend and I were going through God of War 2018 at the same time. I'm like, I want to tell her what's going on, but I don't want to be that douchebag either. I want to talk about the game, but I don't know anybody else who's fucking played this or even really cares about it. So I'm just like, fuck! And I'm over here like Lucy from Disenchantment, like, okay, it's time to buy a PS5 now. <laughs> if I did it, you can do it. Um, but it, it's one of those things like, I wanted to buy it like when it came out, but it was so fucking impossible to buy one when they first came out. Like, I had eight tabs during early COVID open for every store. Like, there are stores I never will shop at in my entire life. Like, fucking Kohl's that I was saving my credit card info to just to try and buy a PS5. And I can never get one. And I didn't want to pay uh, scalper uh, prices. I actually got lucky with my PS5. Uh, we got it, like, a month af after it released at Walmart. You got real lucky. I walked into my local Meyer and saw a digital and a physical uh, version in there. I'm like, okay, I'll buy you next week because I want to save enough money so I could save some money while I'm on vacation. You know, like, I'm partitioning my checks, basically. Um, so I'm just like, well, I'll buy it next week so I can get it. The digital was gone. I'm like, well, I don't really give a fuck because I like physical media anyway, so I'll buy the physical one. And I'm like, there's no disc for God of War here. And they're like, but it comes with a digital copy. I'm like, but I don't care if it comes with a digital copy. I don't want a fucking digital copy of the game. I want the disc. <laughs> but, um, you know, logically, I already paid for the game. Because you can't buy the fucking system separately. You have to buy it with a bundle. That was their way of beating scalpers, basically. It's like, you have to buy it with this. They can't just bundle a bunch of games with it that they got resale. And just, you know. But, so I bought it, and I'm like, that's, that's made me ex really respect, like, the pseudo-open world. Where, like, you're on a linear path, it's open enough to where there's some exploration, but there's not, you know, 800 hours Skyrim level of exploration. Uh, that's the kind of, like, open world I really like at this point, you know. There was a point in time where I liked the RPGs where I could spend 400, 500, 600 hours in it. And then I, you know, became an adult with responsibilities and I don't want to spend that much time in one fucking game anymore. Um, but yeah, like, I just feel like Breath of the Wild was really hurt by that that marketing. Because, like, it, it is an open world, but the way they talked about it, they made it seem like it was this, like, overly expansive, like, Skyrim-esque level and it, it really, really wasn't. I'm, I really respect that they kind of learned from that because they kind of realized that that was a major complaint, that they're not pushing that for uh, Tears of the Kingdom or whatever the fuck the sequel's called. Um, I also still haven't beat Breath of the Wild, so sue me. Uh, it was a fucking launch title for the Switch and I still haven't finished it. Um, but that that's one of them for me. Like That game was really hurt by that. Anybody else got a game that they can throw in there? Um, not really. I don't think is over is overrated because I haven't really played any games I consider overrated. If a game just doesn't interest me, I'm not going to play it. I, I I'm getting a lot more of that now. Like I used to, I used to be like the the achievement hunter person, where I would buy the shitty games that I knew I would hate but had really easy achievements. 
So like your King Kongs and your Avatar The Last Airbender Burning Earth that you can get a thousand gamer score in three minutes. And now yeah, I'm just, now I just don't care. It, like I will try to get every achievement if it's a game I really, really like, but if it's a game I like enough, but I'm not gonna fucking sit down and you know, say it's one of the best games ever. I'm not even gonna try to get every achievement anymore. I I I have adult money now, so I don't need to sit down and sink every dollar out of a game if I don't feel like it. Like when I was a kid, like, well, that was the game I got, so I gotta sit down and, you know, unlock every skin for every gun in this Call of Duty, you know, just that kind of thing. Uh. So, I mean, I know for me, like, when people praise, like, a game a lot, one thing I always have to ask is, okay, but it's the thing that they're praising a lot for, and maybe this would have been more interesting back and forth if uh, Red were here to join us. But, like, if the thing that they're praising a lot is, oh, this game is super difficult, I'm like, okay, I don't think that's really bragging points. Like, your Dark Souls? <laughs> is that what you're yeah, getting at? I mean, Souls, Souls-like games and, like, other games that are effectively similar in that manner of we designed a game to be very hard, and that is our sticking point. And, I mean, I know some people want the challenge, but for me, I don't see that as, like, a big... Like, if you just make a game that's just designed to, like, oh, Annoy the you. whole thing is just for you to be as good as possible and spend as much time to be specifically very good at this very specific game until you beat it, and your reward for it is you beat the game. I'm like, okay, those are fun to watch people, like, get frustrated and, like, play. I will admit I find that entertaining, but it as a game, I don't find that very appealing because, like, for me... I play a game because I want to see the characters, the choices, the world, and like um, maybe some fun, creative ways to use the mechanics. So if for me, I think like games that are like uh, very much praised about, oh, this is a game that you're just never going to beat. It's like, cool, that also sounds like a game I'll never play because I already be can barely get through games that aren't hard, but I don't have the time to play. You want right, to no. give me I a game with like, 20 million barriers to skill level and expect me to be invested when you don't have anything other than the pure difficulty of the game. So I'm with you there. I think like there. Cuphead is another example because like the art style was fantastic, but I'm not actually, I mean, I played it at a friend's place and I'm like, cool, I'm glad I experienced this multiplayer with you. And now I'm never going to touch this again. <laughs> so I bought Cuphead because I want to support the studio uh, first and foremost, because I, that is a fair, good, I mean, I, I I grew up hating Mega Man because I sucked at it, right? Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with this. Like, my buddy loved Mega Man. He knew every fucking frame of that game because he grew up with an NES like me. So he knew like every frame of Mega Man 1, every frame of Mega Man 2. So he knew how to beat it. So he loaned me... Uh, his Mega Man 2, because I didn't have it for some reason. My dad was a big NES guy, but he didn't have every game ever. But, um, so he loaned me his copy of it. I'm like, I want to try and play the thing that you like, you know, and see if I can get good at it. And I never in my life have been more frustrated until I played a Dark Souls game. <laughs> I, I love 
min-maxing characters in RPGs. That's one of my favorite things to do. I like being good at the one particular skill and building my party around that. I don't like min-maxing in a Soulsborne. I have tried every single Souls game. Everyone. And I fucking suck at every one of them. Uh, and it's entertaining for people to watch you suck at this game. Right? So, like, from a content perspective, you'd think that would be like, oh, funny... But that community makes that so goddamn difficult to enjoy as well. Because, you know, you ask for tips on it. And it's like, oh, <laughs> get good scrub. You know, so like just coupled with the fuck you difficulty, add in that shitty toxic community. I really want no part of that. But I also love the art style that they create in that. Because I love that high fantasy, like gothic architecture stuff. I, I love that. So I want to be invested in this to a degree, you know? So, like, I'll always, like, watch somebody suck at those types of games. But, like, after playing Elden Ring on stream, I, I don't... I think I've had my fill of that universe, realistically. Like, Sekiro... I tried Neo because I love Samurais. Suck at it. That Pinocchio game looks fucking fantastic. That Lies of P. But... Like, I'm terrible at those games, and the older I get, the less I enjoy trying to get overly good at something and failing miserably when I could be doing literally anything else where I'm good at it, or I can throw it on, like, a story mode or, like, not a fuck you difficulty. Like, for, like, the Valkyrie stuff in God of War, I'm like, okay, I'm having a little bit of difficulty. I could turn this down, but I'm only playing the game on normal to begin with, so... What's the what's the point of turning it down any lower, you know? I just need to grind a little bit, you know, grind a little bit, get better, get better at dodging. And I'm like, okay, I can overcome this. I don't ever want to play the game on the hardest difficulty anymore. That's something I used to do. But I, I think, like, trying Souls games kind of ruined that for me. Like, playing games on a higher difficulty than, like, normal. Because even, like, a normal to that is, like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. So yeah, like those difficult games. No, no, not absolutely not. No, fucking hell. Does anybody remember? Uh, and this might just be a me, uh, me thing, but like there was a game that was notorious in arcades called Dragon's Lair. Yes. Oh my god. So I feel like that's Never where that. I feel like that's where that trend kind of initiated because it was like notoriously difficult and it was meant to be like a money sink for kids so you would get that and you would get to like x number of screens in and it would just like instantly fail you so you'll sink more quarters into it i feel like that's where the mindset for the souls games came from yeah probably but no no you know what you know where the mind souls came from the dark souls games it came from the famicom transformers I can safely say I've never played that one. Uh, I've played it on an emulator, and basically, uh, one hit, and you're dead. So, like, the underwater level of um, TMNT, or, like, Battletoads, the bike level? Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyler knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> what? The Famicom Transformers. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, where basically you are weaker than every enemy in the game. 
Yeah, and um, you play as Ultra Magnus, and one hit, you're dead. Yeah, and guess what the final boss is? It's Unicron. Not, it's not Unicron, it's not Megatron, it's not Galvatron, it's Mechagodzilla. What? <laughs> yeah, Me yeah, Mechagodzilla. Why, though? I don't know. That's fucking stupid. I know, but yeah, that game, like, playing that on an emulator is just, like, infuriating. Um, uh, on the same level of playing the Ultraman across my battle in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon. Yeah, like, there were a lot of games like that back in the day, though. Like, they, they had to artificially, like, extend your playtime, basically, because there's so little read-write memory on those discs. Yeah. Oh, so. and uh, another one that was like hard. I brought this up on the um, final boss, but like Heart of Darkness, that is a really like challenging game because basically, yeah, basically, it's the same thing: one hit and you're dead. Yeah, like there. I I wish we could continue that video, but like, there's no way to recover that at this point. No. Um, and uh, oh, uh, did you ever play the Oddworld games? Ah, uh, they're on my PS5 to play because I I got Soulstorm. Uh, it's my free game for getting you, it. Yeah, you, you you should you should stream that just to see how infuriatingly um. I I did play like Stranger's Wrath, um, on PS3 because it was an old PS Plus game. Uh, I remember that being a really fun game. Um, but I never played like Apes Odyssey or any of that shit because I never had those as a kid. Um. I they I had never even heard of them until the PS3, and then I'm like, oh, saw one series, cool. I'll get to that eventually, and then like my backlog now, like why why I stream at this point is so I can clear my backlog, uh, because it goes back like five generations at this point of games I'd never played or wow. games I wanted to play and just never could or games I've bought mostly and have never played, thinking I'll play them one day. Looking at you, Steam Library. <laughs> oh, so tempting, Mistress. Um, oh, the new Dragon Ball Z game is nine ninety nine. Surely you'll have time to play that amongst your other seven hundred games you've bought. Uh, <laughs> I I don't say that as like ironic. That's like literally what my Steam Library is like. Is it's a thousand games of shit that I've bought. Out of just sheer like this is this is on sale. I feel like that's any PC gamer though, realistically. But um, so I I think there's one other series that is overlooked, and I I I just to kind of close this out because we're hitting like two and a half hours. And if nobody else has one, yeah. Uh, well, I had just a uh, one more, which you <coughs> excuse me. Which you kind of brought up with the whole talking about Digimon and attachment to the um, original series. It's like, uh, well, it's more broad, broader thing. Like when people are just like nostalgic for for the um, for the old for the uh, older series without really um, thinking about like why they why they actually enjoyed it in the first place. Like with Pokemon Generation One, how it's constantly pandering to Generation One, and oh, you're yeah. just thinking like they're like. Was it really that good? That and was Mighty good? Morphin really that good, Hasbro? Does it need eight lines of figurines? Yeah. 
Um, was uh, was Misty and Brock really good companions to Ash? Where like uh, where the biggest May, plot Serena, hole that, you know. uh, where, the, where the biggest plot hole of that series comes in is like Brock, uh, particularly Brock should know who the gym leaders are. No, for real though. Like, oh, you're my companion in the, the the gym leaders guild or whatever you would want to go with. No, really, no. I could swore you and your orange hair and your jean shorts definitely were in the photos that we definitely were all in the same location for. Yeah, and that's another thing as well about Pokemon uh, about Pokemon the original series. If you look back on it, like just constant filler after filler after filler, but also as well like what doesn't make any sense is like nurse joy is supposed to be an inspector for the pokemon league but yet never inspects like erica's gym blaine's gym and sabrina's gym yeah or or just um the fact that you have a battle of metapods for like 10 minutes in one episode which is the dumbest idea like any pokemon trainer would have just no, you know swapped out Metapod versus Metapod is the best thing ever, facts. It is no, the not. most ridiculous thing ever. Anybody that played the game is over there screaming, even if they're five. Like, why aren't you switching it out? Yeah, um, but also as well, it kind of goes back to um, it kind of goes the fact that Ash never earned a fucking thing in that series. Oh no, he earned a few, but not all of them. Um, but yeah. Also, as well, it's kind of going um, over like what's happening now in uh, what I'm seeing in Aim to Be a Pokemon. It's like people are complaining, like, "Oh, Ashram's bringing back his Pokemon, uh, Pokemon," but really, they're, they're only showcasing them just to be here. And I'm just there thinking, like, this is what you've wanted for ages. And you, ages, you wanted, ages. you wanted Dragonite, you wanted Charizard, you wanted Squirtle, you wanted Bulbasaur. Like, why are you complaining that you're that bringing these back as obvious nostalgia bait for you particular fuckers? Yeah, to obviously like, hey, it's Ash's final run in the series. We're gonna get, we're gonna bring back all his old Pokemon. That's he better gonna... see Pidgeotto. Uh, he, yeah, I think I feel like we're gonna be seeing Pidgeotto, but also as well, like people are just holding out for what the uh, ultimate end goal is. Because um, I might as well just say now, there's Alatias following Ash throughout this whole uh, uh, whole series. So it seems like the idea is that they uh, is that at the end of it, Ash is gonna capture the Latias, and that's gonna be like, okay, he's a Pokemon master now. He's caught a legendary. Not to mention he had an Ultra Beast for a while, but we're just going to ignore that. That doesn't uh, count as a legendary, apparently. Whatever. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll call it a mythical to move on, but isn't technically Latios a mythical too? So realistically... Nope. No, it's a legendary. It's carried as a legendary. I, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that as well. But yeah, that's the point of like people... Uh, uh, people are seeing the Pokemon again that they've wanted to see, and they're just and they're there, bitching like, and moaning, a bitching and moaning about the episodes that they that they appear that they appear, and I'm just there, like you've my brother in Christ, you've, you you've wanted this Pokemon back forever. Why why are you caring this much about how they're bringing it back? Yeah. It should have been back before the last twelve episodes. Oh, shut the fuck up, yeah. Karen. And also, as well, like uh, there was that special episode where people were like saying where there was a message in the in the episode where it's like basically to the audience of just like 
hey, we haven't got long with Ash, so just enjoy what we're go- what we're going to give you with him. And yeah. people are uh, and people <coughs> Lumia's training sack. Oh, what was that? I've completely forgotten about that. How dare they only give us a limited time with the protagonist we've had for twenty five fucking it's, years? It's not that. It's not that. He's going to be around for eleven more episodes. So it's sit not, down and shut up. It's not that they're complaining about like the the Pokemon uh, are being brought back, but they're not doing anything. And I'm just there, like, what more do they need to do? And the, uh, fucking Charizard should have fought in the final battles more. Uh, fucking, uh, fucking Bulbasaur should have vine whipped somebody's ass cheeks. I don't know what these people want anymore. I I've quit caring. <laughs> I, I, th- that's all I can describe it as. I have just quit caring what PokeTubers want at this point. They yeah. they're so fucking fickle. And I, I say that as, like, a content creator, you don't need to make everything your entire personality, my child. Okay? <laughs> it's not that deep. It's a fucking show aimed at 10-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, and also also as well, um, isn't it just nice to see these characters again one last time before they leave for good? We don't want him to leave anymore, Luke. We don't want him to leave. We've grown attached to him over the span of this final battle because he actually did something in one. Yeah, and that and that's the thing that it's like, yeah, you guys cannot, uh, you you can't keep you can't keep saying Pokemon Gen- Generation One is good uh, just because it's the original. I hate that notion. That's of anything that we've talked about here, the one thing I hate most of being overpraised is the original. And that's it. Yeah, no. Yeah, but, like the original is overly praised. I, I see here's the thing. Like we I we broke this down quite a few times, but like we grow attached to the things we grew up with, right? For for yeah. me, like Dragon Ball, still very very much in my my scope. Uh, the original Gundam uh, is still very much in my scope, like Gundam Wing. I I still hold things like Shaman King and fucking you know like Yu Yu Hakusho very high in regard because I grew up with them. Right, those were like my starter pack anime along with Pokemon. But I realize. That I am no longer the target demographic for this particular show. I am here out of nostalgia. I am here because I enjoy this thing still. But I am no longer the target demographic for this. So I'm not going to sit and complain about every minute detail on the, on it. You know, because I'm not the one that should be complaining. If the thing is objectively bad, the 10-year-olds that are consuming this product are the ones that should be vocal about it. And they had the means to be vocal about it now, unlike when we were growing up. Yeah, you know, so so like so like with Pokemon, like it it would be something different if like little Jimmy down the road is complaining about uh, you know Pokemon that they don't fucking know about because they weren't there for those original original journeys. It would be different if they were complaining about it, but they're not. It's thirty-five-year-old men on the internet with a beard thicker than ZZ Top and a mic, and a and a YouTube channel with um, nearly a million subscribers. Right, you know, like it's those people that are vocal about it. it it's it's not their product. Yeah, it, it's, it's there be... for their ad revenue, but it's not their product. 
Yeah, and it's going to be funny because I am going to... Uh, I am waiting for the moment where you get something that they were shitting on when it when it was in the series and then they come back and they're just like this is the greatest thing ever this character's come going back i'm just gonna be like you were shitting on this character when they were around so mm -hmm. don't give me that bs right and it's it's very obvious why people do this if you've spent any time on the internet if you've spent any time as a content creator they're doing it because it gives them views it's no different than what we're doing right now we're sitting here bitching and moaning about them that are bitching and moaning about the thing I realize how ironic this is from the perspective of the viewer. Yeah. But it it's it gets them the clicks. It's the the clickbaity title like Best Girl is coming back and it's a fucking, you know, Serena. But like during her series they were sitting there like I fucking hate this companion. I want Misty back. You know. Yeah, or I all people going like Dawn is best girl, she's back, and people were literally bitching about her in Diamond and Pearl. Right, but it gets them the click, and the click is all that matters on this platform, yep. you know? They don't uh, give a fuck about, like, the fact that they have a million people in their comments supporting the character as long as they got them to hate click it or to love click it. They're like, yeah, this is my favorite character. Let me hear what they have to say. Or they get the click of like, how dare you talk down about this character? Or how dare you praise this character? I fucking hate them with every fiber of my being. And you did too, six months ago. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like that, that's just my mini rant about that. I, I, there's nothing more annoying than that. And I, I hate that I contribute to that exact thing. Um, yeah. And, um, one last thing that I had to talk about, the um, only other series that I had on my radar, um, Spy X Family. Like, uh, in all honesty, the, um, it shouldn't be praised. It's just being like this revolutionary um, ser series for just because of the wholesome aspect where we've literally had series uh, like it that do the wholesome aspect for years and years, uh, years and years beforehand. But see, none of them are bi-weekly from our aspect anyway. Uh, but no, like, I, I, I knew that would come up, that's why I never had it on my list. Uh, I'm shocked it actually took this long to get to it, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I'm shocked as well. But, yeah, um, Spike's Family, at the beginning, was good, it was very wholesome, but it seemed to be that, it seems to be like a series that doesn't know what it wants to be. No, I, I wholeheart I haven't read the last two chapters, or three chapters, I, I don't even know at this point. I've been letting, like, jump chapters build up that we're not covering, just so I can have some life outside of being on screen for now s close to eight hours. Uh, that's terrifying to think about. Uh, but no, like, I, I, I don't, I don't think it deserves the praise that it gets. It definitely doesn't deserve. I saw that there was like three or four new projects that it's getting that are being published by Viz. I, I it doesn't deserve yeah. that. It doesn't deserve that. I'll, I'll be completely honest. Like there are still Bleach novels that haven't been translated. There's still there's still shit from Black Clover that hasn't been translated. But like it's been like three months since that novel went to Japan, and now we're getting it here. Like that is like the quickest turnaround I've ever seen for a product. Um, so that's kind of annoying to me. Um, the other one like. I, I think what the biggest issue for Spy X Family for me right now is that we are like three years into his publication and the main character is just now starting to see some form of massive development, you know, 
like she grew a little bit as a character but she's just now starting to be like the main character main character right because right. it is Anya's story which is uh, which is funny because everyone thinks Lloyd is supposed to be the main character, but he's not. He's not. He's really not. Like he is the camera piece, basically. But Anya is the main character. She's the one driving the plot. The mission succeeds or fails based on how well Anya does in the school. She is the main character, yeah, and like, she's just know- now. She's just now mattering. Like, she's just now being used as a plot device outside of, like, everything hinging on her. You know, yeah. she's be- being here putting herself in danger. She's doing all the things that the main character would do. And we're three years into the fucking publication of the series. Yeah, but e- even on the wiki itself, like the um, official Spikes from wiki, Lloyd Forger is the main protagonist of the Spikes family series. I highly disagree. What do you guys think? I disagree as well. I don't know about Pie Jams or Tyler. What are we disagreeing on? It's Anya. In your opinion, it's Anya the main character in Spike's family. Oh, okay. I mean, I thought that we were in agreement with that point. Yeah. Because Anya, like... Yeah. Because literally, you speak to anyone, um, everyone wants to talk about Anya. No one wants to talk about Lloyd. Lloyd's boring as shit. Cases aside, and I mean, Lloyd does, I think, have like the most like character in the story of the main characters because he has the whole backstory fleshed out for him. But with Anya, though, the reason I consider her like the main character is because most of your stuff is just, oh, well, I had this brother who I raised. Now I'm an assassin. And Lloyd, you would think would be the main character because he's running Operation Strix. But I think Anya is the main character because she's the one who's actively, technically doing the mission. Lloyd is mostly just, in a way, playing support mm-hmm. for her. Like, in terms of, like, infiltrating, like, the inner circle or whatever. And in that sense, Anya befriending uh, Damien is probably the actual point of the story. Which is really weird now that I'm saying all these words out loud. Because, oh my god, we got so derailed in that series. Yeah, but I yeah. Don't... So I would consider Anya the main character because she's and... supposed to be doing the protagonist esque. Right, things. but you also, go she's the orphan child. Right, but like you, you go online and like everybody seems to think that she isn't the main character. It's Lloyd, but like Lloyd might be the operative, but like in the camera piece for us for most of the part. But like Anya is the one that has to execute the mission. Like that's the the thing that baffles me with that. And the fact that it's three years into his publication and we're just now getting her to do like protagonist shit is disgusting. It's horrible writing. Well, it, you want to know what's crazy? The fact that we're three years into the publication and it's not even at chapter 100. Well, if the dude would stop drawing fucking borderline foot porn, Okay. <laughs> And I'm saying this is to do with the foot fetish, but stop, stop with the centerfold model shit and write the goddamn plot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and again and again, um, Anya as a quote unquote main char- uh, main character or what have you want, she's just not that not that interesting. And um, she's not. And, and to counter this about like me saying like uh, because people will be like oh yeah the reason why she's not interesting is because it's because she's a five year old yeah she's a nine year old like one word for that Suica. 
But not even just not even a Suica. Like there have been interesting children characters. Li- literally, Conan literally. from Detective Conan is more interesting than fucking Anya. Yeah, but literally, Suica going from a kid that felt like she couldn't do anything was completely useless to literally being the one to save humanity. That has been more that than Anya has done. Yeah, Emma did more as an eleven-year-old. Like. I, I don't I don't understand like the cop out of like the fact that she's a kid like who the fuck cares she's the plot device she's the main character let let her do the story let her fucking Hell, you know befriend the the cunty fucking yeah, rich kid yeah how I in spite in Michelle's core family has gone through more development she's had less screen time no for real though I I, I don't get it like that's. I have never been so quickly disappointed in a series as I have been with Spike's family. I I realize like it's one of the top series on the planet, but like I don't care. Ah, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Uh, oh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, but yeah, like the the final one for me, and I I feel like I'm alone in this one as well. But I, I really, really, really think the Black Clover has so much unused potential that it's ridiculous. Like, I, I've talked my heart out about like the, the not de- dealing with the dwarves, but like the, there's so many ways that Tabata should have expanded things from like the Heart Kingdom stuff, the, the fucking every kingdom. It feels like he starts development of it. And building this universe, but leaving so much room to make me care more about the characters. Because every time we go from there, it's like this disaster being averted, you know, to, well, off to the next adventure. And then they fuck off in whatever direction to the next kingdom, where you leave half of a story unfinished. It's really depressing because it's one series that I I've always loved fantasy as like my it's like my bread and butter you know genre I go to it all the time I feel like from even like in in gaming on down to like literature like when I was a kid and read read and now I just read manga for YouTube um, I can't even sit down and fucking read an actual novel anymore I have to use audiobooks it's depressing. Um, but like, I feel like there, there's so much that could have been developed between like the diamond arc to the heart arc with those characters, like Mars, for example, saw the most screen time out, out of that. But most of his story got relegated either to the light novel or off screen before he came back, which is insane. And then for the hard arc, you had the the queen and everything going on, and Lola Chica. But after the end of that, we haven't even seen those characters again. We don't know what the fuck happened to those characters realistically. It's bizarre to me. Like the man leaves so many chips on the table, but never utilizes them. You would think during the Spain invasion that it would matter, but we see Mars, and that's it. <laughs> I it's stupid. It- it feels like, uh, 
It feels like that meme, like in Toy Story, where he's, where like the other caves are like, Woody's like, I don't want to play with you anymore. It really does. It really does. Like, like I, I never thought of it like that, but it really does like feel like that, and it's saddening. Because there's so much potential for this universe to be some of the top tier world building if you would just sit down and world build, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, yeah, and also as well, um, a, another another aspect of Black Clover that I question a lot is like, um, it's like um, trying to turn Nozel into in, into Biarchia two point zero. I, I kind of agree with that, but, like, remember when the man wanted to turn this into a One Piece-length series? Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of uh, fell by the wayside as well. Uh, no kidding. I, yeah. I, 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 I respected that for the longest time. Like, I want to turn this into One Piece. I'm like, okay. And you could see that there were workings of that early on, like, the way he wrote his story. Oh, but, yeah, for sure. But he realized, like, oh, fuck. I can't stretch this a thousand chapters. Like, I could see it being, like, six, seven hundred, but I I don't picture him having it, like, a thousand chapters. You know? And he realized that quite quickly by, like, the second or third story point. And he's like, hmm. Let's dial it back a little bit. But it feels like he keeps dialing it back too much. And now... For what was once a really great world, like it's unfortunately just like a C or D tier series because there's so much unexplored potential, and we're in the final journey now. So there, yeah. there's we're not going to get all of that answered. We're not going to see the politics of the heart or the Spade Kingdom realistically. We're not going to see like how these cities rebuilt after their like near cataclysmic event with G and Z tier fucking villains. Because Oss is meant to body them after nearly dying, so yeah, um, yeah and we haven't really, uh, and it's really just been all confined to like the the uh, the Clover Kingdom rather mm -hmm. than uh, all the Diet Wano we're in now. Yeah, uh, Diet Wano, but also as well like just that whole continent that we're on with like the Clover Diamond, Spade and Heart Kingdoms when. It's only that only feels like one part of the world, mm -hmm. and we know there's more to it. It's been hinted at that the world was bigger, and now we're seeing a little bit of it. But like, we're at the end game, so why does it matter? Yeah, like the, make me care about Diet Wano, and well, you'll have at least five points back for me, Tabata. Well, also, um, well, also make. Um, uh, try not to turn Yami into um, Sasuke. Uh, I was gonna say Itachi. Yeah, but like it, it's the Sasuke story here that we're telling all over again. Yeah, and then you have um, and then like I said the sister is Sasuke and Yami's uh, Itachi. Yeah, and like I said uh, a few minutes ago with Nozel and Noel basically doing the whole Biarkia Rukia thing, which again that. Always, that always bo bothered bothered me because it's like, uh, like looking back on it, like uh, No Cell um, was just like, oh, uh, I promised my mother I would protect my I would protect my sister. Doesn't do squat to protect her. It actively makes her life worse, actually. Yeah, 
like that would be that that would be like that would be like um if say if say if say my parents died and uh, and my mother was like okay uh, okay you got to look at you got to look out for your look out for your brother make sure he doesn't do anything stupid and he let me do something incredibly stupid mm-hmm. no it, it's weird right because you see the influence of like other series in it and that's fine there's no original stories left on the planet we're always recycling something for something but I I just realistically like if you want to use inspiration from one of those series, don't make it that fucking obvious. Like it's like the kid copying the homework right in front of the teacher. It, that's the annoying yeah. part to me. Like it's quite obviously obvious to me what he was going for to the point where it's like immediately like beat for beat. You you can't do that. But at the same time, I understand why he did it. You know. Yeah. Because it's easy. It's a cop-out. It's the same way of, like, you know, utilizing for some menial task. Like, we were making fun of it earlier. Like, the, the AI. Like, I don't want to write my fucking essay for Comp 101. Let me just have an open open AI do that for me. And then just submitting that instead of sitting there and fucking actually committing to a story and figuring out a unique way to tell it. Because you can... Make those interesting. Those yeah. recycled series. Like, like um, the way I would have done the whole no, no cell and Noel and the Silver Sisters differently is if I is if we actually saw No Cell being more conflicted about uh, the way um, Noel is being treated, and maybe saw more um, thing, uh, more scenes of him staying like a portrait of their mother, just being like. I can't do this. Uh, I can't. I can't do this with solid and um, th- whatever the sister was called. Uh, I don't fucking remember either. Like so yeah. many of those characters haven't shown up again that I just don't care to remember their names. If they show yeah. up again, I'll be like, okay, so what was your fucking name, dickhead? Um, but yeah, like it, it's one of those. It's one of those series where you just shut your brain off at this point and just finish yeah. it. That's how I felt with like Promise Neverland at the end. It's like I'm going to finish yeah. it out of obligation, but yeah. Yeah. Any final th- ones there, guys? We're almost three hours in, so I think I'm pretty good at this point. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I don't know about um, Tyler because he's muted. Yeah, it's like nine o'clock here, and I'm falling asleep on my mic. So it's time for me to go betty buys. I've been up since. Well, yeah, about it's uh, time for me to go as uh, to go to bed as well because yeah. I've got to be at work. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take Tyler's muted status as like it's time to go Betty bye for him too. So until next time, everyone, peace, peace.